What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 49 of No One's Ready for Wrestling, where I talk professional wrestling and give my honest opinion about anything involving pro wrestling. I am your host, the one and only Phoenix that rises from the ashes, Shino D. Phoenix here, and I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. It, Man, this week has been, I don't know, man, it's an up and down week for me, personally. Like, I've been stressed out. And I, I don't like being stressed out. So I'm going to do what I can and just make it the best of it. But we have a lot to go over involving the world of pro wrestling. We got predictions, which I will do a separate recording on. Now, as of this recording, I don't know if this is the finalized card for both uh, Worlds Collide and the Royal Rumble. They might add some matches. And, um, <clears throat> like... There's just so much that we got to get over today. Got a lot of news involving WWE. We got AEW as always, NWA, and I know they got hard times, which I might talk about um, separately. Like, because I know I want to do my quick predictions on that show, but uh, like, oh my goodness, this is just so much, so much to go over. There's so many, so much wrestling in this world, but. <clears throat> Let's get on with the usual introductions. Follow me on Twitter, at ShinoDPhoenix. So much drama that's been going on in Twitter that, I, unfortunately, I was tagged in. And I lost a couple of followers because of that. And because of... And I'm, I'm just saying to myself that it's just not fair. Like, that I had to be tagged into someone's business that I'm not a part of. Twitter these days can be toxic, but at least there are people on Twitter that actually care, you know? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a bad person. You guys know that. When I'm on Twitter, I speak my mind about pro wrestling, and that's pretty much it. That's all I do. I just speak my mind. But when it's drama that I have to be a part of, and I lose followers because of it, because I was at 1,440, and now I'm back to the one. 1,434 right now. But it's ridiculous, you know. Twitter these days, people have to have drama, you know. But you can find me on Twitter, Shino D. Phoenix. That's where I'm at. That's why I live tweet for Raw, SmackDown, AEW, New Japan, any other wrestling promotion, promotions. So you'll see me live tweet. So that's where you'll find me. You can follow me on Instagram at CoolManSip. Uh, I've been using Instagram pretty much lately, but I've been using it mostly for the stories, for my Insta stories. So you'll find me there as well. Also, like the Facebook page. No one's ready for wrestling. That's where you'll get your updates. That's where um, I post my episodes uh, on Facebook if you use Facebook. So if you listen to, listen to it on Spotify... If you don't have it on Spotify, download it now. Because I know I get more listeners on Spotify. Which I checked and I'm like, wow. People listen to it on Spotify than um, other platforms. But not to this the other ones. If you listen to it on iTunes, make sure you leave a 5 star rating. Tell people why you like this podcast. And if you listen to it on Stitcher, please leave a 5 star rating. Just leave a 5 star rating and a positive review. Because it motivates me to continue doing this show for each and every one of you that is listening. 
So hope you guys like that introduction. So let's get on with the news. And we and as always, we gotta talk AEW news first. Because Elite always goes first. Now the Young Bucks on their real life tensions with the revival. And quite frankly, that is a match I want to see one day. Hashtag Revival versus Young Bucks. Let's get that trending. <laughs> um, the Revival could be on their way to AEW eventually, but they are still under contract with WWE. Uh, the thinking is that Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder still haven't, haven't signed new contracts for a reason, and yet WWE is still throwing money at them to keep them from going to AEW because they know, they know that if they go to AEW, they're going to be bigger stars than they were in WWE. And Vince doesn't want that. He doesn't want that. So it's like I'm just perplexed that they're really trying to keep them, but they're not doing anything with them. <laughs> While speaking to ESPN's West Palm, Nick Jackson took to, took on a question about the revival eventually ending up in AEW. Uh, the Young Bucks and the top guys have teased having a match for quite some time. Jackson isn't sure if they have kayfabe or real tensions, but something is there. Now, Nick Jackson said, and I quote, For me, the obvious one whenever people talk about the dream match that never happened would be us and the revival because I feel like there's some real-life tensions there. And I don't know if it's competitive or friendly or whatever it is. And that's what Matt said. Um, now, there's definitely something. Um, there's a competitive rivalry there. Talk about two teams that have polar opposites and styles where I think it could be a fun style clash. I would love to have that match. That pro that probably is number one on my bucket list right now. Unquote. The Revival WWE contracts are up in the spring. WWE tacked on a few weeks to the end of Dash Wilder's contract due to a broken jaw he suffered right after his main roster call-up. We all know The Revival is leaving WWE this year. And I asked on Twitter... Who do you see leaving WWE in 2020 to do a Moxley-style interview on Talk is Jericho? And my first thought was The Revival. And another one of my followers said, I could see them or Matt Hardy. But we all know The Revival are going to be AEW bound. And that's a match I want to see. Hell, you could put the tag titles on the line if the Young Bucks win the tag titles. You got the Revival versus the Young Bucks. Old school versus the new style of wrestling. That will be amazing. That will be absolutely amazing. And Vince will be looking at it like, well, what did we do wrong? What did we do wrong? We promised everything. No, you didn't. Now, I honestly think, the like I said, the Revival, they're, they're good as gone. Like, that is a match I would love to see on AEW. Because I most likely that's where they're going to be at. And it's been teased numerous times. Hopefully it happens. Hopefully they they don't uh, swallow their pride for more money. They just put their foot down and say, no, I don't want to be a part of a working environment where they treat tag team wrestling like shit. And they could go to AEW or work NWA. Like, it's up to them. It's up to them. And I, I guarantee if they go to AEW, they're going to be bigger stars than they were in WWE. And that's, and that's the facts. That is the absolute facts. Moving on. Chris Jericho announces another cruise for 2021. Now, I got to be honest. I did watch that Jericho cruise on uh, 
AEW Dynamite. It looked so fun to be a part of that. I, I need to go on that cruise one day. Like, that is my goal. That is seriously my goal. I want to be on that Jericho cruise. Because seeing how people are having fun, they are literally just having a good time, you know? And... And now that he's announced another cruise for 2021, hmm, hopefully I think about it. I might think about it one day. Chris Jericho's Rockin' Wrestling Rager at Sea Part Dose sets off. The third voyage is already confirmed. Le Champion will hold the third cruise. And this is where they said Chris Jericho's Rockin' Wrestling Rager at Sea Triple Whammy was confirmed by Jericho himself. The plan is to set sail from February 1st 2021 through February 5th, 2021. Uh, the third Chris Jericho cruise will take off in Miami, Florida to the Grand Bahamas Island, and then they will head back. So we can only imagine that AEW stars will be along for the next year's cruise. So AEW recently signed an expansion for Dynamite to continue on TNT until 2023 or an option to stay to continue until 2024. Now we know Jericho, the Chris Jericho cruise isn't going anywhere either. So that's great news because the atmosphere is awesome. And I saw John Moxley singing uh, Bloodhound Gang, The Bad Touch on on Twitter. And I was laughing my ass off. And I saw him singing Bohemian Rhapsody. Marco Stunt was singing. You had Frankie Kazarian singing Don't Stop Believing." Can, can we have more wrestlers singing, please? On the Jericho Cruise. I will absolutely be on on board with that. <laughs> I will love it so much. But this is really great news. Really great news. DDP. Diamond Dallas Page. Explains the difference. And the backstage atmosphere between AEW and WWE. While speaking of Wrestling Inc. DDP explained the difference between AEW and WWE's backstage environment. AEW is much more laid back, but they still have a job to do. WWE micromanages their superstars and and spoon feeds them every meticulous line. So this is what he said, and I quote, which this is all facts. The biggest difference in AEW is here's what we need to get in. Go go cut yourself a promo. And WWE is spoon fed to you with all these writers that WWE has, and I don't know if if I had to read what those guys were writing and it wasn't coming from my soul, I don't think I would have gotten over. They had this one version and I had a whole another version. Back in WCW, I could write everything myself because they didn't think I was going to do anything. With Battle Bowl in 1996, I just started. When it's all said and done, there could only be one which was right out of Highlander. I started talking about the Diamond Cutter as the greatest finishing move on the planet, just promoting it and treating myself as a nightclub. When I had a nightclub, I was responsible for the asses and seats, so now I had to get people to get this, unquote. DDP wrestled his first match on AEW last, last week on Dynamite. Odds are he hasn't laced up his boots for the last time either, so we have to wait and see what's next with DDP. But he isn't sl slowing down, and neither is AEW. Everything D DDP said is facts. You, it's laid back. Everyone's having a good time, and you're just giving uh, 
pointers on what you can say and what you got to do. That's what that's a great working environment. WWE micromanaging your talent, like the morale, like what I'm hearing is improved a little bit, which I don't buy. Which spoon feeding your uh, wrestlers to say your stupid lines, change changing stuff in the last minute, like who wants to work in that environment? I wouldn't. I would have been upset. Because I want to go out there and express who I am. Like, just let me express myself. I don't need a fucking script. Give it to actors that can read just your lines. Let, I'm a wrestler, damn it. I'm a wrestler. Let it happen. Like, that's what I would have said. I'm a wrestler. I don't need your script. I want to go out there and speak on what I got to say, you know? So, like, I'm glad DDP spoke out about this and... We, we know this. We all know this. And I think this sheds more light on WWE on how their backstage environment works, you know? Moving on. Darby Allen, who is one of my favorites right now, even during his time in Evolve, in WWN, before AEW was a thing, he decided between WWE or proper respect as a performer and AEW. Darby Allen has a skater gimmick in AEW because that's who he is. When WWE debuted a new set for Raw that looked like a half-pipe weeks after Allen's new AEW debut, he told Wrestling Observer Radio that fans certainly let him know. They tag me in shit all the time, Allen said, uh, while I was while on the Chris Jericho cruise. I can't. It's funny, yeah, but I ain't going, I ain't going to fucking WWE. Allen said... Now, that's what he said. Dave Meltzer said that Darby Allen had to make a choice between WWE or AEW. And Allen was quite forward with his reason for going to AEW. And this reason is absolutely 100% a reason why he should be in that promotion. So, he said, and I quote, It's easy. 205 Live, or like proper respect as a performer and as a human being. You talk about this stuff you see in these old videos about the WCW cruiserweights were kind of like disrespected and all that stuff. It's funny how people talk about that stuff. Like, it's a harsh thing. It's like, I feel bad, so bad they can't be in the main event. Same thing is happening today. You really think I want to go there and sit on a show that nobody watches and freaking act like, I don't know, man. Here it was pretty obvious. And... Here, I can be in charge of, I can make my own promos, be creative, everything I do it myself, unquote. 205 Live is on after Friday Night Smackdown on the WWE Network. Darby Allen decided to go with the company that puts him on TNT every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It was an easy decision for him, but WWE still has a roster full of 205 Live superstars trying hard to get noticed as well. And I don't blame Darby Allen. I don't blame Darby Allen. Now, if AEW wasn't a thing, he probably still wouldn't go to WWE. And even if they offered him so much money, because yes, he faced off against NXT stars like Cassius Ono, Roderick Strong, and now Austin Theory, who's on NXT right now. But the dude is talented, and his talents would have been wasted if they moved him to 205 Live. Or, even worse, put him on Monday Night Raw and he'll get buried and he'll be unhappy. Or on SmackDown, same situation, buried and unhappy. 
Now, NXT, it would have been a different story, but you never know. You never know. But AEW is the best place for him. This is who he is. He wants to be respected. And I think everybody should take up to Darby Allen's advice. And not to shit on WWE, because I know they can be a good company. It's just they refuse to make changes. They refuse to make changes. And that's what I think the problem is. Because they can be a good company, but I would rather be respected as a performer. Not just go out there and just do limited stuff and just sit on the sidelines or wait in the back to do nothing. Like, I'm just being honest. And Darby Allen, he has a point right there. He really does. And I don't blame him one bit. And he's a bigger star in AEW, to be quite honest. And if there was a mid-card title, well, a secondary title, I think he would be like a top name for that. Work that way up to the top to the world title. That's what I think that might happen one day, so you never know. But Darby Allin, he chose AEW over WWE, and rightfully so, because he would have been treated like crap if he went to uh, 205 Live, and people won't know who the hell he is. I feel bad for the Cruiserweights in general on 205 Live. You're trying to get noticed, but people barely watch the show, and that's and that's sad. That is absolutely sad. Just kill 205 Live and migrate it to NXT, please. Please. Just saying, because you got the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Why not just migrate your roster to Full Sail? That's all. That's all. That's all I'm going to say on that. AEW and talks with former New Japan champion, Sports Illustrated's own Justin Barrasso, he reported that AEW and Lance Archer are in high-level talks. He is still working for New Japan, but as we previously reported, he is on a per-tour agreement. Now, they said, and I quote, multiple sources close to AEW confirmed that Archer is in high-level talks with the company. He is currently scheduled to New Japan's tour in the United States, which begins Friday in Tampa and runs through February 1st in Atlanta. Lance Archer turns 43 this month, but he is still in great shape. We'll have to wait and see what happens next, but AEW's new Time Warner agreement could, could have given them the fate to open their checkbook back up and start signing new stars. I think he would be a great addition for uh, AEW. Now, I could see him feuding with Moxley. Give me that New Japan vibe again. I could see him feuding with Omega. I, I, I'm just throwing out ideas. Darby Allen, Luchasaurus. Oh my god, Luchasaurus. Yes. Lance Archer versus Luchasaurus. Oh my goodness. That is awesome. That would be awesome. Awesome. But he honestly could be great wherever he goes. Um, I, I honestly see him like he could work New Japan still, but him working with AEW, hell yeah. And, and speaking of New Japan, I also read a report that Luke Harper, aka Brody Lee, is interested in working with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hell yes. Hell yes. Take my motherfucking money. I think that would be a great addition for New Japan. And it, he's going to prove WWE wrong. I'm telling you. I don't care if he works with AEW. I don't care if he's going to be doing some work in New Japan. I, I don't care. As long as he's happy, that's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing that matters for uh, Luke Harper. 
because he was treated like crap in WWE, and he's going to be well-respected as a performer under another promotion like New Japan or Impact, despite their um, their recent hiccup with Tessa, and which we will talk about Tessa later on, because there's more coming out of this whole Tessa Blanchard situation. I could see him in NWA. I think he would be a great addition for that uh, show. I could see him in AEW or Ring of Honor. It's up to him, you know? Booker T. Booker T. Can you dig it, sucker? On why he went to the Chris Jericho cruise. Now, Good Mike Work, Greg Morgan, from Good Mike Work's commentaries, really good, really great man, awesome dude to listen to, is on the Chris Jericho cruise. He caught up with Booker T and asked him how he was able to be on AEW's heavy cruise, and his answer was quite simple. And this is what he tweeted. Booker T just explained how he was able to do the cruise since he is a WWE guy. His answer was, because I'm a grown-ass man and I do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> works, with, works for me. <laughs> I don't blame Jer- I don't blame uh, Booker T. He ain't lying. He's a grown-ass man. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Like, it's not like Vince is going to be like, Ah, oh, Booker T, you, you shouldn't be on that Jericho cruise. You know better than this. <laughs> like, you're going to hear all that nagging from Vince McMahon because he doesn't like when a WWE star is on a Jericho cruise. He's just there to have fun. I mean, that's all. You don't want him to have fun? <laughs> Give me a break, man. You, you must be out your mind if you think that. But good on Booker T. I do whatever the fuck I want. I might use that line um, when I get, like, if I'm doing something that's right for me and someone asks, why are you even here? I do whatever the fuck I want. I'm a grown-ass man. (laughs) But that is a nice response by uh, Booker T right there. A nice response right there. Now, I did watch AEW Dark. There were only two matches on the card. We had Big Big Swole, I almost said Big Show. Oh my God, Big Swole and Diamante. They had an okay match. I thought it was all right for what it was, but Big Swole she gets the win with Dirty Dancing. And by the way, let me uh get this out of there for those who did not watch uh, Evolve on the pre-show. They had a Shine Showcase, and it was team. It was Triple A versus Better Than You, which is. Marty Bell and um, Jamie Jamison, if I'm if I'm correct, and they lost the tag titles on that pre-show, so that could be a hint that um, Big Swole is going to be doing AEW full time. Just saying. And we had a really good match between Jurassic Express and Stronghearts. More Stronghearts, please. Seriously, more Stronghearts, please, because they are fantastic. They are absolutely fantastic. Now, speaking of which, of that six-man tag, there was a report I heard that um, they might introduce a six-man tag team titles, which, quite frankly, you don't need it. Like, I would have a secondary title, like, say a mid-card, like, I don't think, like, I wouldn't say mid-card, but technically it would be a mid-card title. Like, an AEW television championship or... I don't know, something like that. I could see um, that be a work workhorseman's champion and they work their way up to the top of the main event. That's what I see it. But you don't need a six-man title. J- just being honest, you don't need one. 
You don't need one. Uh, now, before we move to uh, Dynamite, I, I want to mention something real quick. Now, there was this photo that I saw on Twitter, and I'm looking at it right now on my phone. There was this photo of vandalization. It was, we are NXT, we are NXT, live Wednesdays. Um, you had some asshole who vandalized that sign saying AEW, B Elite, TNT, TNT. Let me, let me just, I'm, I'm just perplexed about how fans can go about their decision, you know? You don't have to focus on one show and crap on the other. You don't know what NXT is all about anyway. Because NXT has always put on consistent shows, unlike Raw and SmackDown. NXT is way better than the WWE. You know that. But don't take your fandom to this level, please. Please. Don't take your fandom this way. I, I hate that shit. Like, that separates the wrestling community. And you wonder why I hate this fucking war between AEW and NXT. Like, stop doing stupid shit like that. Seriously. Don't do stupid shit. Please. Just support both wrestling. Just support wrestling in general. Don't do shit like that. Because that makes you look like an asshole. Seriously. AEW Dynamite on the Jericho Cruise. 27 votes in total. Let's... And as I'm looking at it, 93% overwhelmingly positive thumbs up and only 7% thumbs down. So this was a really, really fun and enjoyable show to watch. And I love the environment. Like, I love the environment of the Jericho Cruise. It, it, it really makes me want to go on. Like I said, it makes me want to go on that Jericho Cruise and just be a part of this awesomeness. And I hope one day it happens because I, I love it. It looks fun. It looks like everybody is just having a great time. So, <clears throat> let's uh, talk about the show in general. So, we had Hangman Page and Omega versus SEU for the AEW Tag Team t for the AEW Tag Team Championships. I thought this was a very great match to open the show. And Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, they won. Rightfully so, because it furthers the storyline. And I said it was the right decision right there, because SCU wasn't doing anything with the tag titles. They weren't doing anything with the tag titles. It would be better if you put it on Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, because you got a storyline involving them. And now that they won the tag titles, the Young Bucks, they celebrated with them. Hangman Page is like, no, I don't want to celebrate with you guys. They're... Like, it's like the Young Bucks are focused more on Kenny winning than Hangman Page. I feel bad for him. And he's celebrating with the crowd, drinking, like, drinking as usual, and what, like, riding the waves. Typical, um, like, typical, um, Hangman Page. And I loved, um, what they showed when he made his entrance. Because I did tweet it out. If I could find it. Let me see if I could find it. This is what um they said. Was hoping that this was supposed to be a booze cruise. <laughs> I freaking love AEW, man. They know how to make me laugh. They really know how to make me laugh. <laughs> but this was great, man. I enjoyed 
this this match, I enjoyed the win. And like I said, it further advances the story involving the elite. Which will likely which will likely I will say the heel turn will happen at Revolution. I can see them dropping the titles at Revolution. We don't know how long they're gonna hold the titles. I can see them dropping it to either the Dark Order or the Lucha Bros or the Young Bucks. I don't know. And I think after the match, Hangman Page finally shows his true colors, turns heel on Hangman Adam Page. No, turns heel on Kenny Omega. And Hangman Page is fully blown heel, and that would be awesome. It would be awesome. I say do it at Revolution. I think it will make the most sense. Britt Baker versus Priscilla Kelly. I love me some Priscilla Kelly. Hopefully, she appears on Wildcat on our X-Rated show, which is our biggest show, one of our biggest shows, and and she is really incredible, really incredible. Hopefully, we see more of her in AEW, but hey, um, Luke Hawks, if you're listening, if you're listening, please get Priscilla Kelly on your show. Please get Priscilla Kelly on Wildcat because she is phenomenal. She is really phenomenal. And now this match, like I just got to throw that out there. Just got to throw my love for Wildcat out there. This match, like I'm literally holding my head like this because I'm trying, like I'm trying not to be harsh, but this match was not good. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Now Priscilla Kelly, she's talented. The lockjaw finisher by Britt Baker was, is good. But it's just that this match just did not click with me. And it proves why there's the problem with the women's division. Now, if I'm Priscilla Kelly, I'm just going to wait until... Like, like for those who don't know, Priscilla Kelly is married to Darby Allen. She is married to Darby Allen. And if I'm Priscilla Kelly, I will wait to sign with AEW. I'm not going to sign with them right away. Like, I want to do more work on the indies and uh, just... Throw my name out there. And honestly, honestly, I think Priscilla Kelly doesn't need AEW right now. Soon they might need her, but until that women's division is fixed, then we could talk. But man, this match was not good. It wasn't. And I'm being completely honest with you guys. I am being honest with you. Now, Britt Baker won, and Tony Schiavone is out to interview her. She mocks Shivani for previously working at Starbucks. And I love Shivani's reactions. Like, what the fuck? Like, he mouthed what the fuck right after she sh- right after those words came out of her mouth. And she talks about how they're proud of him. And coming from a shitty barista to this. And she talks about how she's smart. She's educated. She's a dentist. I could use some teeth cleaning from Britt Baker. I would be okay with it. And I'll be like, look, I just got my teeth clean from Britt Baker by Britt Baker, and I'm happy about it. And I got a photo with her, and I'll just say, I am really honored that you cleaned my teeth. <laughs> Cause you are one of my favorites. Like, look, I know Britt Baker can improve, okay? And I'm like a broken record. I'm gonna say it time and time again. Cause this hits the nail on the coffin. I go back to her match against Tessa Blanchard and Shimmer 113. And she bought, Tessa bought out the best in uh, Britt Baker. 
and I thought it was Britt Baker's best performance. And when I did my rant about the women's division, I believe it was like two episodes ago, when it when it was Riho versus Chris Statlander for the AEW women's title, I, I literally said that Britt Baker, I don't think she belongs in AEW right now, but I understand why she's in AEW. She doesn't want to be looked at as, oh, she's just Adam Cole's girlfriend. Now, if she was in NXT, she would have been the, she would have been in the Undisputed Era, and I would not have a problem with that. I think that would be a great move right there. I I already imagined that if she if there was like if there was never an AEW, more than likely she would have been on NXT. But that women's division still needs some work. But Jim Ross, he's like, I we've had enough of this. Let's just move on because we all know that promo was just so bad. Like it was so bad. And I I understand the direction where they're going with Britt Baker. She looks like a heel. She has a look to be the face of the women's division, but it's just that it has been booked in a disappointing manner. So already, like, it's a work in progress. I understand that. But, man, just, man, it needs some work. Now, moving on, we had the Inner Circle versus Jurassic Express. I want to talk about uh, Jungle Boy. They showed a really good video pro- package for Jungle Boy, and they showed the highlight of him withstanding Jericho in 10 minutes. And it was an amazing, well-produced uh, video uh, package right there. And if he wins the AEW world title, I guarantee you he's going to be the biggest babyface, the biggest star in this company. And I'm And I'm liking him even more if they do more of that, you know? Now, we had Inner Circle, which consisted of Jericho and Proud and Powerful versus Jurassic Express. Inner Circle win here. Marco Stunt took the pin. Like, he got pinned by Jericho after he got hit with the Judas Effect out of nowhere. You had Luchasaurus brawling with Jake Hager. And by the way, I like Luchasaurus. His kicks are devastating. Like, I want to learn from the master. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm being honest. I want to learn from a guy who has a master's degree. So, this was a good match. I thought this was fun. The pacing was good as well. We had MJF versus Joey Janela. MJF, he won here. He defeated Joey Janela with the double cross, which is his version of the crossroads. And Joey Janela, he was distracted by Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, which... Dumb babyface syndrome is 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 here, and because of that, he tried he missed the elbow drop, and MJF took advantage of it, and he wins here. So post match, he talks trash to the fans. I mean, who doesn't like it when MJF's on the mic? When he's on the mic, you stop what the fuck you're doing, and you listen to what the fuck he has to say. So he talks trash to the fans and says that Cody was right about him last week about. Being the last chapter in his book, and MJF mentioned that he's going to be the last um, goddamn one. That's what he meant by the last chapter in his book. Cody comes out rocking that Miami Vice, uh, rocking the Miami Vice. Seriously, if there was a Miami Vice spinoff on being the elite, Cody would be the main protagonist. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it on BTE. Um... MJF warns him that you can't touch me or you won't get the match at Revolution per the stipulation. So he mocks uh, Cody's lisp and he 
He'll leave him some room since Cody is his mentor. And um, I'm, I'm thinking here, I'm thinking here. MJF, he dares him to touch him, to attack him. But he drops the mic. Like, after he dropped the mic, and he kicks it away from him. And he walks off while the crowd is chanting, asshole, at um, MJF. I love it, man. I love it. MJF is one of the best heels that they got. Cody said, he picks up the mic and says, yeah, you're right. I can't touch you, but I know someone else who can. So the Young Bucks, they sneak in, super kick galore, and they drag MJF into the pool. Well, Cody asks, who wants to see MJF be thrown into a pool? And I was literally screaming, yes, while I was watching it. And they throw MJF in the pool, and I was I was so happy with that. So happy with that. Now he's going swimming. <laughs> like, if I was there and I was on the pool and I see MJF getting thrown, I'd be like, how's it feel, MJF? Like, hey, MJF, how how was that super kick? <laughs> He'll be like, shut your fat ass up. <laughs> I'm just imagining. Now, some quick thoughts. Tony, he uh, interviewed the new tag team champions. And I got out of this was... The Elite was more focused, like Tony was focused on Kenny more than Hangman Page. And Hangman Page literally said, I told you I was going to whip their asses all by myself. And Tony looked like, okay, let's move on from this. Kenny, Kenny, you had the Elite, which is the Young Bucks celebrating with uh, Kenny Omega. And Hangman, he said this line, he's like, he loved how Page, like he loved how he and Omega won the tag titles before the Young Bucks, which could likely lead to them facing each other at revolution and possibly winning the titles who knows and that could lead to the heel turn right there and their match would take place at um either double or nothing or at all out most likely at double or nothing but i could see that that's what i got out of this interview john moxley and Pac, the winner faces jericho at aew revolution for the world title moxley winning was the right choice this was an excellent match I loved when um, Pac put the Brutalizer on him and Pac managed, like, no, Moxley managed to break the hold and you had the crowd chanting, thank you, Jesus. And I was like, what are they chanting that for? Now, speaking of Pac, there was a promo uh, that he cut and it was a really good promo. And he mentioned... um, like, this is what he mentioned. He said this line that really caught my attention. He said, I sold my soul to the devil. That was the one line that caught. And I thought it was a mention at him signing with Vince McMahon's promotion. Like, pretty much signing with Vince McMahon, who is the devil. And I don't know if anybody caught on to that, which I did. But that was a nice little detail for me right there. So we got John Moxley and Chris Jericho at Revolution. And I think John Moxley is going to win the title. That's what I think is going to happen. I think Moxley is going to win the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. <clears throat> now let's move on to NWA. Some quick thoughts on that on episode 15. Thought this was a really good show for the go-home show of Hard Times, which as of, like I'm recording this on Friday for those who don't know, who are new t- to this podcast. Hard Times is tonight. You're probably going to listen to this on Saturday, which is post, which I post on Saturday, by the way. But 
I know I got. I'm probably gonna live tweet for that, even though I'm gonna be at work. Probably miss half of it. But this was a really good go home show. Now Robert Gibson, he talks about his partner, his partner's upcoming championship match against Nick Aldis. I love that. And props to Joe Gall Joe Galley. He had he was uh, battling battling laryngitis during uh this taping. Well, this episode, and he soldiered on like a champ. So props to him right there. So we had Thunder Rosa against Tasha Steeles. Thunder Rosa is just popular in NWA right now. And she picks up the win over Tasha Steeles in a really good match. Well, just a good match for what it was. Tasha Steeles, she's amazing. And hopefully we see her down the line. Uh... At a Wildcat show, because I do talk about Wildcat a lot. So, and I hope we see Thunder Rosa at Wildcat. Just, just saying. I'm just saying right there. <laughs> Royce Isaac and May Valentine, they arrived for an, with an interview with Joe Golly. Um, and they talked about Isaac's losing streak in which Royce blows him off. And Joe revealed that he's been on a losing streak because of Valentine. Because he revealed he was dating Valentine. And Isaac reveals that they haven't slept together. And May says uh, she's pure and they, they're waiting to be together. Eh, weird. So we had the TV title tournament. We had Trevor Murdoch. He defeated Tom Latimer. Trevor Murdoch was like thrown around in that match. But he managed to get the win over uh, one half of the wild cards, Tom Latimer. We had Molina and Allison K. They're being interviewed by Joe Golly. And Melina tells Allison that she's going to defend her title at hard times against Thunder Rosa. Hashtag Thunder Rosa new champion. Because that's who, I, that's who I pick to win it. I like Allison K, but Thunder Rosa's popular. Go with the hot hand. And that is Thunder Rosa. And she will take on her former best friend, Marty Bell, in a no disqualification match tonight, which we got, and Allison K beat Marty Bell. All I can say about the Shooter Stevens um, self-defense seminar and demonstration, all I can say, it was entertaining and it was just pure awesomeness. Like, I was laughing my fucking ass off. And I literally said on Twitter, this is great, man. This is pure gold. And the phone is ringing in the background. Um, You got... Uh, I, I tweeted this out. The Karate Kid, starring Aaron Stevens, like Shooter Stevens. Well, sorry, not Aaron Stevens. My bad, Aaron. <laughs> My bad. And starring Aaron Stevens in the question mark. And the question mark, he noticed my tweet and he quoted with just question marks. Oh, I love this segment. Do yourself a favor and watch it. It is so good. It is so good, man. <laughs> Best segment on that entire show right there. <laughs> now we have the TV title tournament last chance qualifier gauntlet match. Now the winner will replace Zane Dawson due to a hand injury. So just to save you the time, I'm just going to go over the participants in the order of elimination here. We got C.W. Anderson, who made appearances in Wildcat. Caleb Conley, who is impressive. Josephus, who came out of suspension, Cole Cabana, Dave Dawson, Shooter Stevens, 
Sal Monaro, and Ken Anderson. Of course, you have Zicky Dice. He came out and he gloated about um, what him winning this entire tournament to become the NWA Television Champion. Like, we well, we know that we know that, but is who you're gonna face? That's gonna be your big challenge. So the order of elimination: Joseph is immediately got eliminated after he came out. Dave Dawson got eliminated. Salonaro got eliminated. Caleb Conley got eliminated. C.W. Anderson got eliminated. Shooter Stevens. <laughs> I, 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 I got to talk about this. The question mark tried to do the Mongrovian spike on, uh, I believe, Cocabana. And he accidentally hit uh, Shooter Stevens. And the way he sold it was just a thing of beauty. <laughs> it was hilarious. So they tossed him out. And Ken Anderson, he rolls up Cocabana and he is qualifying in this tournament. So Ken Anderson is the winner here. And this is where Coca Banner made that mistake of trusting your so-called friend. So they shake hands, but Ken Anderson low blows him and sends him to the post. Like like he beats the shit out of Coca Banner. See Coke, this is what happens when you try and trust your friend. Your your friend, like I'm doing that in air quote right there. Never trust Ken Anderson, people. Never trust Ken Anderson. You had Eli Drake and James uh, James Storm, I believe. Yeah, James Storm. They talked about the uh, championship match between Ricky Morton and uh, Nick Aldis, and they wanted uh, Ricky to win the title. And it was a good segment right there. Now, added to the pay-per-view, we got Matt Cross versus Ricky Starks in the tournament. Is, is in that uh, NWA TV title tournament. And we got Zicky Dice taking on Dan Moff from Ring of Honor. So that is going to be interesting. That is going to be really interesting. And I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. Hopefully, I know I'm probably going to miss half of it when I'm at work. So I'm probably going to catch the beginning, like some parts. I hope I, hope I don't miss Al- Allison K versus Thunder Rosa because I'm rooting for my girl Thunder Rosa. So, that's what they added to the card. Now, next we had the main event. Nick Aldis versus Ricky Morton for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. And this was a good match. Nick Aldis, he retained here. And it was good for what it was. And you had Marty Skrull, like, sending a message. Like, it wasn't a message to him. But it was just like a distorted message saying that Villain Enterprises is coming to NWA. So, that is great. I can't wait to see that. Now, speaking of Nick Aldis, he was recently interviewed by Sports Illustrated, and he explained that if AEW wants to bring big money matches to the table, then the NWA is more than happy to work something out. Now, this is what he said. Working with AEW is brought up to me almost daily. The NWA is open to working with anyone. There's a number of wrestlers outside the WWE that are viewed as elite-level guys. So it's only a matter of time before the audience starts demanding the main event matches uh, they want to see. We want to give the fans uh, the matches they want to see. These super fights. If AEW wants to be involved in big marquee matches, then they have two choices. Go out and write some more big checks to some more guys or they're going to have to come to the table and work out some super fight with the NWA. So that's intriguing. 
That's intriguing. And uh, I'm looking like that's a nice challenge right there. And they might accept it. Who knows? They might accept it. Moving on. Bully Ray reportedly moved out of Ring of Honor management role. Um, Bully Ray has a lot of responsibilities, but now he doesn't have to worry about managing the Ring of Honor's women's division anymore. Square Circle Siren reports that Bully Ray is no longer in charge of the Women of Honor division in Ring of Honor. He has been replaced by Jonathan Gresham. It's reported that Jonathan Gresham took the position in early January, and he plans on giving the division a facelift as well. And rightfully so, because the Women of Honor's division was not in a good place. It's not in a good place right now. Hopefully, they get that uh, change. Gresham is also a wrestler for Ring of Honor, and he helps train at the Ring of Honor Dojo in Baltimore as well. So, this is good. So, this is good. Hopefully, they do something right with the women. Tessa Blanchard. We talked about Tessa Blanchard in the last episode. And how she could have kept her mouth shut. Apparently, there's more details. She's actively trying to dig up dirt on her accusers from what from what we're seeing right now. Tessa Blanchard tweeted something out about women supporting women on the day before she won the Impact World title. This was met with a slew of allegations coming her way, which karma was a bitch on her part. Sienna was the first to fire back at Tessa. She told a story about how Blanchard called La Rosa Negra the N-word before spitting in her face. This was later confirmed by Rosa that it did take place during the tour in Japan in 2017. <clears throat> now, Sienna, who used to work as Allison K, an imp- no, you mean now Allison K, who used to work as Sienna in Impact Wrestling, revealed that she was alerted that Tessa Blanchard is trying to get even with her. Apparently, the Impact World Champion has been sp- spending some time trying to dig up dirt on Sienna. Now, this is what she tweeted out. I said what I had to say, so I love to move on, but I just got several messages about Tessa Blanchard trying to spread lies. Unfortunately for you, I built my 11-year reputation on being respectful. Instead of owning up to your mistakes, you lie, scheme, and prove you haven't changed. Now, she included two screenshots of the conversation, and she followed this up by explaining yet again why nobody came forward about Tessa Blanche's behavior before. La Rosa Negra stated that she didn't want to be blackballed, uh, and it seemed like that could happen if Blanchard gets her way. And this is what she said. This is one reason people don't speak up. It's also one of the reasons why I felt the need, I felt I needed to be the one to do so. I have a thick skin. There's no dirt on me. I have a large platform, amount of colleagues who vouch for me. I'm gladly, I'll gladly absorb this front line of idiocy to shield my friend. And it's continuing on. And I'm looking at this and just, wow, it it looks, it's looking terrible. And there's more to this story because apparently it's coming from W-O-W. Now, I don't keep up with W-O-W that much. Because, you know, like I mentioned, there's so much wrestling in this world. But, man, this is just looking bad. 
Now, FIFO added to this as well. Tessa Blanchard is the subject of some of the attention and is not for being the first ever female Impact World Champion. And her backstage behavior continues to surface. Blanchard wrestles for WOW where she's also the head trainer. And it turns out she has a lot of influence that might not be 100% healthy. Now, as I mentioned last episode, that members of the WOW locker room were sent emails asking them to give no comment to any question about Tessa's, Tessa Blanchard. Now, Fightful Select, they report that Blanchard would have it out with WOW trainers. One trainer reportedly cried in front of the group over one of, the inc- one of these incidents where she told a trainer that they shouldn't be teaching. When someone tried to reach out to Tessa about this, she wasn't interested in talking, pretty much admitting that you knew you'd fucked up. It was reported that Blanchard gained influence in the company and eventually certain things needed to be approved by Tessa. By the time season two of WOW came along, Tessa Blanchard needed to approve things only accelerated. It was reported that there was a confrontation between Tessa and another top name in WOW. Who could it be? I don't know. This verbal battle apparently broke out in front of others after weeks of tension. There was also a situation with another fairly public shouting match between Blanchard and Malia Hosaka. This led to Hosaka being reprimanded. It was also said that um, longtime members of the WOW locker room that they felt as they lost their pushes once Blanchard showed up and made heavy changes. So at this time, Tessa Blanchard has not responded to those allegations, and she flat out denied any use of racial language associated with previous allegation. And like I mentioned, it's a fire that she's trying to um, extinguish, but it's not going the way she hoped. And and I'm just being honest with you guys, Tessa. It's just a bad look on her part right here. And with that story coming out, I I can't wait to see what she has to say about that because she's going to probably defend it and all she has to do is just shut the fuck up or just go out and apologize and admit you did wrong. That's all you got to do. And I want people to change, you know? Like, I want people to change and it's possible for them to change. We all know that. We know that. And she was removed from another indie event. Well, she pulled out from another indie event, which that could be another indication. So Tessa needs to get her shit together. Like, I don't know how many times I got to say that. Like, she needs to get her shit together. Now, moving on, Killer Cross. Now, he asked his fans on Twitter, where should he go? Now, there was talks of... Triple H having a meeting with Killer Cross, which apparently WWE denied. You know they had a meeting. I know they had a meeting. Now, he, this is his attention. He wants to know where should he go to? New Japan, WWE, AEW, or Ring of Honor? So, in order, AEW has the most votes with 44%. WWE have 40% in second place. New Japan in third place with 12 And Ring of Honor... And fourth. So, I, I could see him in AEW, but more than likely, they might offer him a contract in WWE, and he could be with Scarlett Bordeaux. Like, 
Who knows? You, you never know what they might do. But um, it's WWE. They'll do anything to get this man in this company. And it would be a mistake if you just sign him and directly bring him to the main roster. Because that's going to be the death nail right there. He should be on NXT. Him and AEW, I think he would be booked well. NXT, he would be booked well. But not on Raw and SmackDown. I think he would be booked well on NXT. New Japan, best company. I think it would be perfect for him. I could imagine some matches with him and Suzuki. That would be amazing. I could see um, him versus some of the big names like Will Ospreay. Just to name a few. Like, I'm just throwing some names out there. But um, I think Killer Cross would benefit from either AEW, New Japan... Or um, NXT. I, like, I'll let you guys decide on that. Where do you think he should go? I want you to decide. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. I like Drew McIntyre. He's probably one of the highlights of Monday Night Raw, if you want me to be honest. One of the highlights. Drew McIntyre has been thought, has been through many phases in his WWE career. He was the chosen one. 3MB member. Don't even get me started with that. That was god-awful. NXT champion and a Scottish psychopath. Odds are we haven't seen the final incarnation of his character either. While speaking to After the Bell, McIntyre discusses his current run with WWE. He is finally able to be himself and show a part of his personality to the WWE universe that is really Drew Galloway. But if you now, this is what he said, and I quote: "But if you've seen over the past couple of months, a few different things have happened." where I was eliminating uh, complacency, which was me. Then suddenly I was just talking about eating carcasses for a brief period, and then I was buddies with a bunch of guys, which wasn't the real Drew. And over the past couple of months, I've been given the okay to, hey, show them the real Drew Galloway. Show them the real Drew McIntyre. You've noticed things have started to change. I heard you in one... I heard you in one piece about... In, in one of your rants about let people be themselves. Let what you're seeing right now on t television. That's Drew Galloway. That's Drew McIntyre. Unquote. Drew McIntyre is getting fans involved in his promos and having fun with his off-the-cuff jokes. This is something he wasn't able to do before when he was locked in a gimmick he didn't necessarily love. We'll have to see what's next for Drew McIntyre in WWE, but he clearly seems to be having some fun in the process. And I'm glad that he's that they're letting them be themselves. And that's the first step. Let them be themselves. Just give them pointers on what they can say and just let them improvise. Hopefully they do that for all of their talent. That wouldn't be better, you know? That would be so much better for them. And um and right now, like I mentioned, Drew McIntyre is one of the best in, that they got right now. Like, he's one of the best things about Monday Night Raw. And hopefully, they follow up with him, possibly getting the major championship, possibly at WrestleMania. Hopefully, that happens. And I want it to happen. Because right, right now, he is white hot. And I'm just, like, throwing that out there, you know? WWE's possible direction for the top title at WrestleMania. I don't need a report from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter to know what that is. 
and we all know what it's going to be. It's Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship and Brock Lesnar versus whoever eliminates him for the WWE Championship. So that, like, we all know that. That's what we're going to see. Roman is going to pop, is most definitely winning the Rumble, and he will beat Bray Wyatt, who is the best character in WWE right now. And I think it's going to have a reverse effect, you know? It's going to have a reverse effect if Roman Reigns beats, um, if Roman Reigns beats Bray Wyatt. Just being honest. Like, Brock, have him drop the WWE title. He ain't doing shit with it anyway. WWE signs a new NXT UK superstar. Now, WWE has added another superstar to their NXT UK brand. Now, during the last set of tapings, um, Iofi Valkyrie uh, worked the match, and then they re-recorded that contest on the second night of tapings. Five Factory Pro Wrestling sent out a special note of Valkyrie when they congratulated when they congratulated her for this big opportunity for her career. Now they say congratulations from everyone from FFPW to our former Irish Junior Heavyweight Champion Valkyrie on officially signing with WWE and becoming an NXT superstar, uh, NXT UK superstar. <clears throat> now we we'll have to wait and see what's next for. Uh, Iofi Valkyrie in WWE. The company obviously wants to keep her around as they ink a deal with him. No, not him, with her. It's like these people don't know what her gender is. NXT UK will air on BT Sports as part of their new agreement. So that means even more exposure for the UK brand. So that's a good signing. So congratulations to her. I don't know what she's all about. I'm probably going to have to do research on her. And if she's good, I think that would be a great signing, you know? I think that would be a really good signing. So, and by the way, I am keeping up with NXT UK. I watched their latest episode, and we already have two challenges to represent NXT UK for the Cruiserweight Championship, and that is um, Travis Banks and Jordan Devlin. So that's going to be awesome. So that Fatal 4-Way of Worlds Collide is going to be awesome. Xavier Woods from the New Day. Hopefully he's recovering because his presence is sorely missed. He wants a dream match against the Elite, the, the Elite. Break it down. I think that would be a fantastic match. The New Day versus the Elite of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Oh my goodness. Now... We've seen them on Up, Up, Down, Down, taking, taking, um, like pretty much playing Street Fighter Five against each other, and I believe Kenny Omega got the win, and it, we all. I thought this was probably a tease of something big that's gonna happen one day. Hopefully, it does happen. Hopefully, it does happen because it is desperately needed. I want to see that match. I really do. I think it would be absolutely fantastic. New Day versus the Elite isn't just a dream match for fans. Long for. It's also a match Xavier Woods himself says he hopes to see happen one day. On the latest episode of the New Day Feel the Power podcast, the trio are asked to name their dream matches as singles, com- competitors, and as a tag team. 
Uh, Woods said his dream match is against Two Cold Scorpio, but as a team, he hopes the New Day versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks can occur at some point in his career. Now he said, we have a taste of that when we went up against them in Street Fighter competition at E3. We were bringing wrestling worlds together. We were having companies collide, showing that everyone can just have a good time and wrestling should just be wrestling for the sake of people's entertainment. Agreed right there. I agree right there. Because that's what we're doing. That's what this is all about. And it would be it would entertain the absolute hell of me to able to wrestle those boys. Woods noted that he also liked to see the New Day eventually wrestle against Undisputed Era. For those wondering, Kofi Kingston's singles dream match would be against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Biggie Biggie's dream match would be against Goldberg or Shingo Tagaki from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Holy shit. Biggie versus Shingo Tagaki. Take my money. Take my money. Holy shit. That is a match I, I, I would go all out to see. If there was a super awesome show involving WWE, New Japan, AEW, Ring of Honor, you just, you know what I'm going with here. That would be amazing, you know. But I think the Elite versus New Day, oh hell yeah. Like I mentioned, that's something I want to see. Not just them playing video games, but them wrestling. Let it happen. Let it happen, please. And don't be political. Let it happen. Let them go out there and just tear the house down and show why they, why wrestling should be fun. You know? Moving on. EC3, what is his current injury status? Well, according to Fightful Select, they report that EC3 had a slow start and he's now progressing along. No return date was given, but he's been out of action since November, since October. So... And of course, we know Vince soured on EC3. I hope to God that he either leaves WWE or go back to uh, NXT where I could see him forming a stable with Austin Theory. That would be nice, just being honest. The top one presenter presenter versus, or, and um, all day Austin Theory, the self-proclaimed superstar. That would be nice. Hopefully, we get that. Infernal, an infernal match rumored for the next WWE Saudi Arabia event. Now, there's a graphic floating around the internet wrestling community, the IWC, showing Bray Wyatt versus Kane for the next Saudi Arabia show. This graphic shows that the Super Showdown name is coming back as well. It is advertised that um, let's see, it is advertised that the Fiend will take on Kane in an Inferno match. This will supposedly be for the Universal title. So, we don't know if this is true or not. I mean, we know Kane made an appearance on SmackDown last week. So that could um that could add the film that could add the fire to the flames right there. Uh I, I don't care about the Saudi Arabia shows. I really don't. I'm just being honest with you guys. They are not good. It's just subpar good. You only get one good match on that show, and then the rest is just just garbage. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Like, I don't care if this is a rumor or, or not, but who cares? Who cares? Moving on. CM Punk on Vince McMahon's opinion on tag team wrestling and WWE using titles as a prop. Now, CM Punk 
um, spoke his mind during WWE backstage. He said that WWE often views tag titles as a prop. Vince McMahon isn't a fan of tag team wrestling because there always has to be one focus on the other player while the other plays on a secondary role. So, this is what CM Punk said, and I quote, I think the tag team titles are often like a prop, right? I know a certain somebody doesn't like tag teams. There's always one star and then the other guy in, in a tag team. So, it's nice to see them use for what I imagine is not being a main angle on Raw. So, if it's interesting to see where they're going to go with they're going to go with it. If you take if you're talking thumbs up or thumbs down, it's a thumbs up. And that and unquote. CM Punk saw how Vince McMahon views tag team wrestling and that's not likely going to change anytime soon. Probably it won't change until he's gone. Right now, uh the Raw tag team titles, we'll talk about that later on when we talk about Raw. But I'm with CM Punk on this. Like, Vince does not care about tag team wrestling. And you wonder why the Revival weren't out of WWE. Just that alone. Vince does not care about tag team wrestling. It's a prop to his mind. And you're going to have some people saying, well, NXT and NXT UK are do are focusing on tag team wrestling. Does Vince McMahon run NXT and NXT UK? No. No, he doesn't. And if he did, he would kill it with just one snap of his finger like Thanos. You also got to mention, you got to understand that, um, that tag team wrestling is alive and well. You, and it's supposed to be fun. It's to be two tag teams going at each other, putting on the best damn show as possible. You wonder why AEW exists. They want tag team wrestling to be the big focus point, and that's what they're doing. Like, and I know there are other wrestling promotions that usually just don't care about tag team wrestling, but tag team wrestling has always been fun. Like, how can Vince sour on it, you know? Like, you had some great matches back in the day before WWE became a thing, when it was WWF at the time, and tag team wrestling was so much fun. I go back and look at the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, and the Hardy Boys, during their time, and it was amazing how they had um, just great chemistry, you know, but to sour on that, like, what the fuck are you, why do you even have a tag team division if you don't even care about it, like, I'm just being honest, why do you have it, like, uh, that's all I'm saying, like, I'm just being honest with you guys, moving on, Becky Lynch, on wanting to build Asuka as a monster for the Royal Rumble. Asuka and Becky Lynch will close up a year-long story at the Royal Rumble this Sunday, which I'm looking forward to. I think they're going to put on a great match. It was not intentional, but everything seemed to work out to provide an illusion of a long-term booking. While she was on WWE backstage, Becky Lynch said she saw how Asuka had the rug pulled out from under her after WrestleMania. She wants to be part of building Asuka up as a monster for their match at the Royal Rumble to tell that story. Now, she said, and I quote, I feel weird talking about the mechanics and of things, but I want to make her a monster because that's who, that's, that is who she is, and I'm doing my best. She's the one person that I haven't beaten yet. I love the story because it's a person that I haven't beat and is going into the doubt that 
is going into that doubt. That doubt that stopped me from wrestling seven years ago. That, can I do this? Do I have the ability to beat this person? Am I going to fight it or am I going to walk away? Am I going to run away or will I continue? Yeah, she's phenomenal. And kudos to Becky Lynch for praising Asuka right there. Kudos. Now, Becky Lynch and Asuka will do battle at the Rumble in Houston, Texas. And so, I guarantee this is going to be the best match on the entire card. But... Yeah, she's, you're going to build her up as a monster. Wait until Shayna Baszler comes out. Then then we could talk. But I'm really glad Becky Lynch is trying to build her up as a, as this monster. and Because that's the Oscar that we've seen on NXT. She was, a dom, she was dominating NXT. And after WrestleMania 34, it felt like she just got lost in the shuffle, you know? Hopefully they rectify that. Hopefully. Paul Heyman. His plan to push certain superstars on Raw. Now, during Wrestling Observer Radio, Meltzer, he discussed the current plan for Buddy Murphy and Paul Heyman's goal to push certain people that he's well on his way of getting that done. Now, Paul Heyman, this is what Meltzer said. He's really high on Buddy Murphy. And he... He's talking about Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Humberto Carrillo, Andrade, and, you know, Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy are his guys, his project. So, I mean, that's been a whole theme of the show. I mean, it's always to get people over, but those are the guys who are really being earmarked to get over. So, we're just going to have to wait and see. That's all I'm going to say on that because you know how Vince McMahon is. Look at Cedric Alexander, as an example. Just throwing it out there. Where the fuck is he? Like, seriously, where the fuck is Cedric Alexander? Like, that's a big example of, oh, we're going to push this guy, and then all of a sudden, in a couple of minutes, Vince is going to sour on him. Like, yeah, I don't like him. Let's just bury him. Give me a fucking break. Moving on. Triple H. He revealed how often he speaks with Vince McMahon about NXT. While speaking with Alex McCarthy, Triple H revealed that he will call Vince McMahon from time to time. The main objective from the beginning was to make NXT a success, which it always will be a success, and that is what he continues to aim for. Now, the truth is, this is what Hunter said, at this point in time, he basically just go, just said, go make this thing a success, is what he told me in the beginning. Go make this thing a success. We pick up the phone with each other every now and again. We see each other all the time. How's it going? Good. Excellent. Great. And we move on. That's where that's where it's at. But they always want to speculate. A lot of it's just silliness. If you love NXT, there's gonna it's just gonna get bigger. There's gonna be more of it. Two hours gives us more opportunities, and rightfully so. And like I mentioned, NXT has been consistent. And they still are consistent, even with this two-hour format, you know? And I think it's really good on uh, Triple H's part because that's his baby. That is his baby, and he is proud of what has become. Like, and I I love what NXT is doing. I really do. And Wednesdays are the best nights to be a wrestling fan. Like, let's be honest. Speaking of which, Shayna Baszler. She responds to critics who said who say she only has one move. Now, 
as one of the favorites to win the 2020 Women's Royal Rumble match, it certainly feels like these are certain levels of pressure on the shoulders of Shayna Baszler heading into this Sunday night. Even with that being the case, though, she's still focused on putting one hell of a shift in NXT, which is what she continues to do on a week-to-week basis. She certainly has her critics courtesy of the style she implements, but that has never been something that's particularly bothered her. And she said this on a tweet. She says, Shayna only does one move. Six wrestling moves in 10 seconds. Hashtag submission magician. Like, I like Shayna Baszler. I really do. Still, every now and then, we all want to shut the haters up. And that's exactly what she's trying to do. Baszler took to social media in order to silence the facts that she's... That are out there saying that she only does one move. When in reality, she's an incredible skilled in-ring technician. Submission magician. Duh. Um, the worry is that her style isn't going to mesh together all too well with Becky Lynch if she, that does end up being who she challenges upon winning the Royal Rumble. Which again, isn't locked by any stretch of the imagination. Baszler has been waiting for her opportunity to prove to the masses that she is capable of some big things in WWE, and it feels like we're finally at the point whereby she will do so. Beyond that, though, it is still worth remembering that she can definitely wrestle, and that's a fact, and that she's actually even better at at it than most of the women on the main roster, and that's a fact. That's a fact, and, like, people need to stop hating on Shayna. Like, they need to stop hating on Shayna Baszler. Like, how can you hate on her, you know? Like, I'm just being honest. So, because I think she's winning that Royal Rumble. I know that. I know she's going to win that Women's Royal Rumble match. And then people are going to get bitchy and complaining about her winning. Like, shut up. Shut up, please. WWE's making a change to their women's titles. Now, this has been a big talking point uh, right now. There has been a push for some in the WWE to make changes for the women's titles. On Tuesday's episode of WWE Backstage, Becky Lynch spoke about her wish to have the women's title not have the women's distinction dropped from the name of the belt because she believes that history has already been made and it's time to present everything as being equal. And I like Becky Lynch. And look, the women are already equal to the men. I'm just being honest. Now, Lynch said, I think it's now starting to hold us back even though divas was the term that hold hold them back, and now women, like, I know she clarified, but we'll talk about that later on, like, pretty soon, now, where we're going, oh, this is a women's segment, this is a women's thing, why do we need that division, why, we need people, we need character, we need people looking for the main event spot, not the top women's spot, at the top spot, like, the top spot, now, as many have noticed on this week's episode of NXT, WWE has made a decision to refer to the NXT Women's Championship simply as simply the NXT Championship, so the gender-specific designation has been removed from the title. Rhea Ripley is currently the NXT Champion for their female roster. The announcers during the broadcast did not use the women's distinction during last night's broadcast when they referred to the female belts. I have heard that... This is not the only change coming for the women's title. 
prior to Lynch's comment on WWE backstage, there were already talks of renaming the women's titles on Raw and SmackDown. One idea that was pitched was to simply mirror the names of the men's titles to have the Raw women's title renamed to the WWE Championship and the SmackDown Women's Championship to be renamed the Universal Championship. That is an awful idea. Because how we're going to tell the difference? To the casual viewers, they won't know the difference, you know? Now, another idea that was pitched was to simply make the distinction between the men's and women's titles, unlike where the distinction is only made for the women's title. So, for example, Brock Lesnar would be referred to as the men's WWE champion, and Lynch would be referred to as the women's WWE champion. I was told that changes to the main roster titles might not come right away because if the ch- if the changes happen, then they would ma- they would want to introduce the new title names during WrestleMania. Now Becky Lynch she clarified um, her statement about removing the uh, the women's women from the conversation in WWE. This is what she said. My comment about removing the word women from the conversation wasn't about renaming the division. It was about beginning to rethink it. I wasn't advocating for any changes in the title name or anything else, like I have the power, but simply an equal volume of opportunities that are based on skill, not gender. The term women can limit openings because phrases like this, already a women's match on the show, is still in wrestling historical DNA. We're all just superstars who want our shots and places on the show if we earn them and deserve it. I simply love us to get a place where there are three women's matches on pay-per-views or ten or none. If that happens, we're not serving the audience. Now, I was talking to um, one of my friends on Wrestling Amino and I showed them the comment that Becky Lynch made. Now... And there's one part that I literally agreed with him on. He told he said that it's not Becky Lynch's fault. WWE is WWE's fault. Like I'm not pointing the blame at Becky Lynch. And I know and I know how much people want to just say, oh, it's Becky Lynch's fault that we got the name change. Like and she cleared it up fine. And it's WWE for jumping the gun and just saying let's let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. WWE should be at blame for this, not Becky Lynch. So, I understand where she is coming from, okay? Like, we all know the women are equal to the men. And I honestly think WWE should have done a better job than um, just jumping the gun right there. They will always be referred to as their women's champions, whether on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT or NXT UK. Even the women's tag titles. So... WWE, they dropped the, they jumped the gun right there too quick. Like they should have thought about it first before seeing the backlash that they're getting right now. Like, and look, I know people understand why they change it, but some people will always prefer to it as the women's championship because that's what it is. It'll always be the women's championship, no matter what promotion you work for. You know, like come on. Like, I understand where she's coming from, but WWE should be ashamed of themselves for jumping the gun. They should be ashamed of themselves. Like, taking that comment seriously and then just saying, let's just rename the titles. No. No. Just, no. Don't do that. 
don't do that. Is <clears throat> Becky had to extinguish that flame right there. And it's just, they just don't think. WWE doesn't think before they take action, you know? And that's sad. Now, <clears throat> Jazzy Gabbard, let's move on. She is done with NXT UK after her contract expires. Jazzy Gabbard noted on Twitter that she is now a free agent. I don't have many details other than uh, sources close to her have said that her contract had expired and her tweet is not storyline related. She signed with NXT UK last January and I was also told that it was her decision not to sign a new contract. Gabbard said on Instagram that she would be going offline for a short while from social media and she plans on changing her look. Now, if she plans on continuing pro wrestling, I am sure promoters will be reaching out to her because she comes across as a superstar. So, this is what she posted on Instagram. I will press the reset button. I will be offline for a short while. Need a change. Will change. Body, mind, soul need a break. 10 days of fasting, including keeping off from social media, is the first step. Second one which I tr look most forward to and is changing my look. And I changed my profession. One came to the end and one is rising like a phoenix. Watch out for it. Thank you for being on this journey. So I don't know what's next for um, Jazzy Gabbard. Like, I don't know what's next for Alpha Female. Like, what is next? I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. Maybe she's taking a break from pro wrestling. Maybe she's getting back into MMA. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. We're going to have to see what they have in store for uh, Jazzy Gabbard. WWE, they're trying out a new tag team at live events. And for those who don't know, it's Mike Kanellis and Tony Nese at NXT live events. PW Insider is reporting that this is a test run for them, and if all goes well, then they will be used regularly as a team on NXT TV. Nice and uh, Canellas defeated Nick, uh, I saw, I'm sorry if I pronounced his last name wrong, uh, Gorelli and Muhammad at um, Friday night's NXT show in Melbourne, Florida, and it was Canellas' first match since he requested his release in October. WWE clearly has no intention of granting his release, but it looks like they are attempting to make things right for him by trying something new. Um, Canellis has said, has told people in the company that he wants to stay busy, so it looks like that wish is being granted. Nice has been primarily wrestling on 205 Live and has done some NXT shows, but he hasn't been featured prominently during most of his run in WWE. Now, like Canellis. Now, Canellis on NXT, he should have started there in the first place. Now, if this team works out, I'm going to be the one that says it worked. And if they have great chemistry, that would be a nice addition for that tag team division, which honestly is weak, to be quite honest. And, like, Mike Canellis, like, you signed for five years. I'm still not going to get over that. You asked for your release, yet you signed for five more years. But I know you want to stay busy, and NXT is the perfect place. You should have started there, and this is the best place for you, man. This is this is where you should have started your career. People will appreciate you on NXT. Him and Tony Nese as a tag team, it could work. I could see it happening. Moving on. Becky Lynch shares what she would change about WrestleMania 35's match. Now, she was interviewed by Justin Barrasso, 
and she talked about a wide range of topics. And during the interview, she discussed that things that she would have changed from the main event of WrestleMania 35. And this is what she said. If I could change anything at WrestleMania, I would have tried to freaking sink that armbar, make it Ronda Rousey tap out for the first time in her life. I mean, that would be nice. Besides that botch ending in that, in that main event, I would have, like, that would be better if it was just one-on-one, you know? Just Becky and Ronda, and Becky taps out Ronda Rousey. Like, Charlotte's presence wasn't needed. They just wanted her in because she, they just can't get over the fact that Charlotte is not in the main event. And we know this. We all know this. Moving on. The Rock. He, he posts a beautiful tribute, uh, talking about his father. And, um, I have the, I have the clip, like I have the sound clip and I'm going to share it with you right now. And he went into details about what happened to his father and it's worth a listen. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play it for you guys. And cause it, it really struck a chord with me. So I'm about to play it right now. Hey everybody, I just wanted to uh, just wanted to stop in and uh, on this really blessed Sunday to uh, to say thank you so much. Um, thank you. My heart is so full of gratitude, uh, deep in my bones, in my in my constitution, in my wiring, in my heart, and in my um, in my mana for the outpouring of love and the support and the well wishes and the condolences that you have sent me and my family during this time you i the you have um you have lifted my spirits in ways that um that i hope you can imagine so all your messages your lengthy messages your deep messages all the stories that you've shared with me uh, i've read as many as i possibly could and the 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 quality that it has provided me um, during this time has been immeasurable and invaluable, and I thank you guys and I love you uh, for this support. Uh, as you know, I lost my old man a few days ago. Um, I lost him just like that. Didn't get a chance to say goodbye to him. I would, I would give anything right now to give him a big old hug and a big old kiss uh, before he crossed over and just say thank you and I love you and I respect you. Um, but I didn't get a chance to say that. Um, and uh, but you know, such as life, as many of you know, based on the messages that you have uh, shared with me, that many of you understand this pain when you lose a parent. Um, and even those of you who have never lost a parent, you've lost grandparents. You know, you understand that, and you've lost loved ones. We've all lost loved ones. And uh, you know, this is. It's life, such is life, the cycle of life that um, it's painful, it's amazing, it's beautiful, it's heartbreaking, it's powerful, it's a kick in the gut, it can knock you down, it can knock your ass out, as it felt like it's knocked me out this week, but the, the blessing that I'm realizing and that we have to manage with something like this is now you rise. Now you get back up and that you live as greatly as you possibly can in the wake of the life and legacy that your loved one has left. 
and especially a parent and especially a dad. You know, there's just a unique bond. I've got the greatest bond with my three daughters, Simone, Jasmine, and Tia. And there's nothing like the bond of a father and a daughter. There's nothing like it. There's that great quote, which is, you know, uh, every man um, wants a son, but every man needs a daughter. So I've got the most beautiful relationship with my daughters. But what's also very interesting is that there's a unique father and son bond that is so unique and it's, it's a testosterone-driven bond that it's irreplaceable. So there's so much about my old man and all of his complexities that only me as his son can understand. And um, anyway, such is life. And um, I'm, a lot of you guys wanted to know what happened to my dad. So uh, he had not been feeling well and uh, been battling a cold and infection. And um, he, uh, on Tuesday, he had what's called a deep vein thrombosis, which is essentially a blood clot in the leg. And um, it was a, a big old blood clot that broke free, traveled up his body and went right to his lung and uh, clotted his lung. And um, he, he, uh, he died very quickly from a massive heart attack, just like that. And uh, according to the medical examiner, who performed the autopsy, it was, it was clear and very evident of what happened. And, um, you know, my question was, uh, was he in pain? Did it go quick? Was it drawn out? And, um, you know, he said he went fast. He went quick. That's my old man. He was always quick. <laughs> um, but, but that did give me great comfort uh, in knowing that it wasn't prolonged. And the reason why it gave me great comfort, even though I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to my old man uh, that one last time, is that he had been he had been in a lot of pain. He had been in a lot of pain for a very, very long time. And, and you know, that's the, the life of, of a pro wrestler, especially at that age and coming from out of that era from the 60s, 70s and 80s. Um, you know, he banged his body around. Uh, and... Um, he had, he had always told me, you know, uh, a day without pain is like a day without sunshine. And he would tell me that when I was 10. So <laughs> you can imagine those are, that's a lot of years of being in pain. So, you know, my old man, there's no more pain, which makes me happy um, that he's not in pain anymore. Um, if, uh, if you guys out there, if you have parents around, your mom, your dad, your wife, your husband, your babies, your children, your best friends, your grandparents, um, text them, call them, go see them if they're close by. And if you can hug them, I want you to hug them. You tell them that these are the marching orders from Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> who just lost his old man. Um, but you hug them and you hug them hard because that's what I'm doing with my family. Uh, and my friends and the ones I love, I'm hugging them hard because you never know what's around the corner. We just never know. Here today, gone tomorrow. Um, uh, we are laying my dad to rest this Tuesday and uh, saying goodbye to the soul man. And um, today I am uh, up for air. I'm going to go in this gym and I'm going to crush my leg workout <laughs> in honor of him. And it's appropriate because he taught me how to work out. He was, you know, I was, he taught me, uh, 
you know, training and he was he was kicking my ass on the wrestling mats when I was five years old and then in the weights on the weights when I was 10. So it's appropriate I'm doing legs because he hated doing legs. Um, spending some time with my family today and then I'm gonna break out my pen and, uh, and, uh, and my pad and I'm gonna write the eulogy. I've written a lot of speeches for myself over the years, but I, I, I have no idea where to start with this one. Um, but I do have my tequila and I could hear him now. Good, that's the way you gotta do it. <laughs> I could also hear him now. Make sure you put me over in the speech. Say good stuff about me. <laughs> I could, I, I could act. For those of you who know my dad, you know that he would say that he would say, um, he would say, uh, you, you tell him I taught you everything you know, but I didn't teach you everything I know. <laughs> that's right. That's right, Dad. That's why you will always be better than me, and I love it. And I love you, and I love you guys, and I thank you. Uh, this is almost eight minutes of your time. I thank you, and I thank you so much for. Um, for all your love and support. It truly means so much to me and my family during this time. I thank you so much. Um, go hug your loved ones and hug them hard. Ah, uh, man. Like, it's better if you heard it from The Rock's voice himself instead of me explaining it. But I'm taking that advice by heart because, and you all should do the same too. Because you never know what's going to happen in life. And, um, I, as, and I'm just, wow. Wow, just listening to that again, like, it still brings a tear to my eye, you know? Because cause I know that feeling. Like, I know that feeling. But, like you said, hug your parents, hug your loved ones, hug your friends too. Because you never know what could happen. You never know what could happen in real life. But it's a good message, and I'm really glad you... Got, that I got to play play that part right there because I wanted to let you guys hear from The Rock himself. So, like, I just want to get that out there. Now, let's get on to um, the reports about Rocky Johnson's funeral. And they're not good, apparently. Now, reports of bizarre behavior from Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson, no surprise here, um, at Rocky Johnson's funeral. And there's a lot of sources... Right here, like there's four different um, news sources that, that I was looking up, and this caught my attention. Now, according to Devon Nicholson and superstar Billy Graham, there were some issues at the funeral for Rocky Johnson. Graham said that he was told about what happened from his mother-in-law be because she was there due to her friendship with Rocky's wife, uh, Rocky's wife, <clears throat> and a now deleted Facebook post. Graham claimed that there were two low points during the funeral. He said that Vince McMahon got up at one point and said Rocky did one good thing in life. He married Atta and had some kids. Um, Graham said that Vince did his working strut off the platform and then he sat down. Graham went on to say that Pat Patterson said some nice things about Rocky from their time in San Francisco, but things took a turn for the worse. He said, out of nowhere, Patterson goes into this rant and called Rocky Johnson laying dead in the casket right below him. A mother... F oh, Jesus Christ. A motherfucker and started this... Yeah, that's what it is. And started this vulgar rant about how worthless Rocky was and a bunch of guys had to drag Patterson off the church platform and sit him down. 
Like, I don't want nobody to do stupid shit like that in my funeral or in anybody's funeral, you know? Now, Graham added, Patterson, who just turned 81, must be losing his mind literally only in pro wrestling. Folks, very sad to hear about this, and I actually feel a bit ill over this bizarre behavior. Now, on his Hannibal TV YouTube channel, Devon Nicholson said that he spoke with other people who were at the funeral, and one person told him that he was not going to defend what Vince did at the funeral. Nicholson said that the same person told him that Patterson used the word goddamn and shit during his speech. Nicholson um, said that it was confirmed to him that there was drama at the funeral and there was some frustration about the preacher speaking for more than an hour and he allegedly was very negative towards pro wrestling. Nicholson said the funeral was originally supposed to take place at a much smaller place in front of 100 close friends and family members, but it ended up being moved to a massive church. Nicholson said he believes more reports will come out on what went down at the funeral. So, and speaking of which, there are more reports. And one comes from David Davy Boy Smith Jr. And he confirms the odd behavior by Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson. Now, he says he was at the funeral and he confirmed to De- Devon Nicholson and that McMahon and Patterson behaviors was odd. Nicholson said that Smith was not available um, for a Skype call at the moment, but he said Smith told him, I can confirm this. Nicholson paid, no, Nicholson says Smith told him, I think Vince and Pat were both really strange or they were drunk or they were a bit of both. Seriously, who, who wants to be drunk at a funeral, man? Like, seriously. Like, what is wrong with these two people? And <clears throat> Pat's microphone got cut off because he was talking too long. He was talking so long at the funeral. Pat's final ending line was, you know, last night I was drunk and I was drinking water or what I thought was in the sink. And the, then the toilet seat fell on my head. Smith via Nicholson continued. Vince said, Rocky Johnson was a great wrestler, but the greatest thing he ever did was marry Ada and Ada had some kids. Then he walked out of the building. Vince strutted on and off the stage like he was cutting a promo. The fuck, man? He looked like he really shrunk in size. Vince and Pat are both completely out of lunch, or out to lunch. I thought they were drunk, but I spoke to Pat, and maybe he's just going senile. That That's the best word you could describe both Vince and Pat Patterson right there. Now... Now, this is another thing. Nicholson said he heard stories about Pat going senile from other people. He continued to read more from Davy Boy. I don't think Pat mem- Pat's memory is that good. Now, Nicholson said he spoke to Johnson's best friend, Al Rosen. According to Nicholson, Rosen said nobody from the family was offended by Vince's behavior. Like, why would y'all not be offended by that? Like, why would y'all not be offended by that? And, like, it's just, it boggles my mind, you know? Like, I would be offended by that. But, if, like, if that's how they feel, so be it. So be it. But, don't go to a funeral drunk or acting all crazy. Like, insane stupid crap. Please, don't do that. And this that's my message to all of you. Don't do stupid shit like that, okay? But... It's seriously fucked up, man. It's seriously fucked up. Moving on, because if I talk about this, 
I'm going to be pissed off. Like, I'm really going to be pissed off if I talked about, if I talk about this in big details. Let's, and I'm not going to do that, but let's move on. Keith Lee, Keith Lee. He talked about how many times WWE has turned him down. Now, he was on Corey Graves after the bell, and it, it came down to him being on the road for years and to get noticed by the company and finally be accepted there. So this is what he said, and I quote, <clears throat> About three years in being a wrestler, some people know him as Lance Archer, some people know him as Lance Hoyt was in the WWE and said to somebody that I should be one to look out for. Then I got invited to do some work. In my case, I get thrown into the barricade by one Mr. Triple H and also got poked in the eye by Shane McMahon and punched in the face by Vince. That was my introduction to the bosses of today. Oh, uh, I remember that. At some point, I gained interest in the first meeting and ended up with my first tryout. That was in 2008. I was turned down. In 2011, I did some extra work, and I got asked to come back for another tryout. I was also turned down. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do wrestling-wise going forward. In 2013, when the Performance Center opened up in the fall, I was part of the first class. Then I was turned down a third time. So I wasn't really sure if I was going to continue wrestling. Lee noted how if he didn't talk to Dusty Rhodes and William Regal in some brief words with Jim Ross, then he doesn't think he would still be wrestling. However, after continuing his art, he did enough good deeds and turned a few heads and shocked enough people to point to the point where WWE came looking for him. And and it's a it's interesting, man. It really is because you know how um you know how. Keith Lee is the the man is powerful. Like he is amazing. I'll never forget when I first heard of Keith Lee. It was at a Wildcat show, and this is just my story. Just letting you guys know, he teamed up with Shane Taylor at the time. Pretty Boy Killers. I fucking love that tag team. I love Pretty Boy Killers. That was awesome, and he impressed me a lot. And I don't know who he faced, cause. You know, I have a, like, my memory's not that good when it comes to Wildcat years ago. But he impressed the living shit out of me. And and all I said was, wow, he's going to be the next big thing. No pun intended. He's going to be the next big thing in this company. No matter where he goes. And lo and behold, he's one of the biggest things in NXT right now. And he is incredible. He is absolutely incredible. And I'm glad that WWE finally noticed what this guy is capable of. And I'm like, what took you guys so long? Seriously, what took you guys so long? (laughs) About time. That's all I can say. It's about time. Moving on. Top WWE star expected to miss WrestleMania. Jeff Hardy has a court date in Moore County Court in North Carolina and the date is set for April 6th, according to PW Insider. That just happens to be the day after WrestleMania. This will likely mean that Jeff will not be appearing on Rest- at WrestleMania or any other WWE shows until legal issues are resolved. It also means that more time is being added to his contract as it was originally supposed to expire on March 1st, on the same day as his 
Brokeian brother Matt Hardy. Jeff was arrested on um, October 3rd, 2019, and the police reported noted that his car was first seen driving erratically. Later, he was located in the front of a liquor store, and he was seen carrying a case of beer to his car. The police officer followed Jeff, and he was seen weaving badly in his lane, according to the police report. Now, the police report also added that Jeff later admitted to having two shots of vodka, and he was uncooperative when asked for a breathalyzer or a blood sample. A judge signed off on orders to allow officers to take a blood sample. In addition to his legal issues, Hardy has been also has also been out of action due to a leg injury. And I was going to talk about Matt Hardy. Like, I'll, I'm going to save that for Monday night when we talk to when we talk about Monday Night Raw, because I, I have a lot of things I've got to get off my chest, but I'm going to save that. And I think you guys are going to like that. You're going to like what I have to say about good old Matt Hardy. Backstage reaction in the WWE about AEW's TNT deal, their new TV deal. Obviously, there's a lot of people in AEW who are happy after hearing about the news last week about their new deal for TNT that extends through 2023 with a fourth year option that would give AEW significant pay increase. The wrestlers and staff in AEW are not the only people happy about this news. Now, the morale in WWE is much better than it was just a couple of months ago, in part because there is a push from creative to build up the younger talent, but also because wrestlers are making more money. Now, one source noted to me that wrestlers are happy for AEW because this ensures that WWE will continue to give uh, out big money contracts for years to come, and wrestlers have more leverage than ever before. Guys are making more money, or making more, and they are not afraid to ask for time off like before, said the source. We know that these aren't guaranteed contracts like WCW, but Vince more accommodating these days because he wants to keep everyone happy. If I, I could say, I, I won't believe it until I see it, because if he wants to make everybody happy, how about you give people a chance, you know? Because instead of having people sitting in the back doing nothing, like, I don't understand how the morale could be be uh, improving after that. Like, give other people a shot and let them succeed, you know? And I'm just being honest. <clears throat> so that wall has been torn down. Some people are getting offered more money with a better schedule. We have AEW to thank for that. So I would say thank you, AEW, for being around. One person noted how years ago Vince McMahon would only consider giving a relaxed schedule um, <clears throat> a relaxed schedule to guys like Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker, but times have changed and some wrestlers on the current roster are working fewer dates. Per the times, per the terms of their new deal, Randy Orton was already working fewer dates on his previous contract and his new deal calls for a better schedule with fewer than his previous deal. One wrestler I spoke to I spoke with had plans to retire with plans to transition into a different role in the business. But that wrestler has had a change of heart and will be looking to sign a new contract for more. For more money when their current deal expires. That would not have been possible without the leverage that comes from another major wrestling promotion on the scene. Yeah, swallow your pride. 
to make more money. I Like, I'll be honest, and I said it time and time again, money does not buy happiness. But if they're happy, good on them. I'm not going to complain about that. Let them be happy. But if they're going to be booked the same way that they were, like, years ago, then you're going to say, maybe I shouldn't have signed to begin with. Maybe this wasn't the right decision. But I hope Vince understands that people need to be happy. They want opportunities. Give your talent opportunities instead of having them sit in the back and do nothing. Just value your talent. You know what I'm saying? Put more emphasis on tag team wrestling. Have wins and losses feel important. Because if NXT could do it, why can't you? So, yeah, the morale morale might improve. And we could thank AEW for that. Because this is just a way to keep talent from leaving to go to some other promotion. Or to go straight to AEW or go to another promotion. Just saying. So, I just want to throw that out there. This story that I want to talk about. Because it's people these days that will do sick and dumb things. But luckily, some luckily nobody was uh, has any life-threatening situations. But one wrestler was actually involved. Uh, as she is, and that person is Asuka. She escaped a shooting at a fashion show mall in Las Vegas. WWE superstar Asuka noted on Twitter that she was at a fashion show mall in Las Vegas around the time the shooting that left three people injured this evening. Police say three juveniles got into an argument and at some point it looked like a fight was going to break out, but one of them pulled a gun and then fired it into the crowd. A witness on the scene, a witness on the scene told the media that she saw two people suffering from gunshot wounds and one of the victims was an elderly man. Like, I'm shaking my head at this because this is just fucked up, you know. There is no word yet on arrest, but local reports said that the mall is currently on lockdown. Now, I can report here, and this is good news, that Asuka is fine, and the good news is that, at least as of now, there don't appear to be any casualties. And Oscar tweeted out, I just escaped. There was a scream in front of me at the fashion show mall. It was like shooting. Hashtag guests near the shooting range protect me. But thankfully, Oscar is okay. And that's the only thing that matters. Oscar is okay. And let me tell you guys something. People, like we live in a sick, fucked up world where people will do fucked up things without even thinking about it. And that's something that, that's been bugging me about this world. Like, and I know it bugs you guys as well. And I know there's not people like that. Like, like, what the fuck, man? Like, seriously, what the fuck? Just reading this, I I just question humanity. Because they do stupid, people do stupid shit. And thankfully, none of the, uh, those three victims there is not life-threatening, thank God. But, and mostly thank God that everyone got out safely. And just, man, like seriously, this is fucked up. So fucked up. And I'm glad that Asuka is okay. Her friends, her colleagues, they were checking up on her, seeing if she was all right. And thankfully, she is okay. And literally, I hope people don't do stupid shit ever again. Don't do that. 
Seriously, don't do that. It, it's fucked up. It is seriously fucked up. Don't do that at all. Walter. He wasn't invested in his Survivor Series match in 2019. Well, you don't say. Now, Metro UK recently interviewed NXT UK champion Walter, where he discussed his match at Survivor Series. Now, last year, Team SmackDown versus Team Raw versus Team NXT was booked at the pay-per-view, which had 15 superstars. Team Raw had Rollins, Orton, Ricochet, Owens, and McIntyre. SmackDown had Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Chad Gable, Mustafa Ali, and King Corbin. Corbin. <laughs> NXT was made up of Ciampa, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and Walter. Which Lee had a breakout moment in this match, came across as a big star. Walter wasn't a fan of the contest. In the interview, Walter talked about how he wasn't invested and didn't care about the match. In fact, he thought it was a weird match, and this is how he elaborated. I wasn't invested in the, in that. I didn't care. I didn't care about my guys, my group. I care about the sport, but I don't care about all these people being angry being angry at each other. It was a weird match too. Three, five men tag teams and always three guys in the ring. That's when wrestling turns from competition to putting acrobats in a circus to do a show. There's 15 of you. You've got to do something. And I'm not disagreeing with Walter because that is 100% facts. They just throw just throw them out there and just put on a show. That's all, that's all Vince told them in their mind, you know, just go out there, put on a show. That's it. That's it. So, well, and I don't, I don't blame him if he was not invested in that match. I don't blame him. And honestly, I think originally Walter wasn't supposed to be in that spot. I think Velveteen Dream was supposed to be in that spot, but before he got hurt and now that back injury is more serious, I hope, hopefully he comes back on time. But Walter has a right to say that he wasn't invested in that in that match. And he got eliminated first. By Drew McIntyre. Like in 30 minutes. Like what the fuck? Like less than 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm not going to forget about that. Like I, I'm not going to forget about it. Let's move on before I go on a rant again. Casey Catanzaro. Addresses her WWE hiatus. And a new mindset. Casey Catanzaro made a surprise appearance. Surprise return during last week's episode of NXT. She participated in the Women's Battle Royal in an effort to become the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship, which was won by Bianca Belair. In a video uploaded to the WWE's PC YouTube channel, seriously subscribe to them if you haven't got the chance because it is awesome. Kanzal discusses her hiatus away from the black and gold brand. And at the time, several reports were suggesting that Kanzal would be leaving WWE due to an injury. While it's away, she remained under contract with the promotion, who never publicly acknowledged her employment status. Now, during the video, Katanzaro opened up about the doubt she had re regarding being part of the WWE, where she had other viable options, including gymnastics and American Ninja Warrior. She wasn't confident in her decision to be a part of the company. Now, she said, and I quote, and this is her confession, saying, coming into the into something new like this, I think that it's fair to have mo moments where you're not sure. You know, physically, mentally, I wasn't sure this was the right place for me. 
During Casey Kanzara's time away from NXT, she was able to rehab and take care of herself both physically and mentally. Kanzara admitted how she did some soul-searching that ultimately, ultimately led her back to WWE. Armed with the new mindset, she's excited to see what she can achieve during this next chapter of her wrestling career, admitting she missed the feeling of competing in the reactions of the NXT fans. And I'm glad to see her back. I'm really glad to see her back because her presence was sorely needed and that women's division, holy shit. That's all I can say, holy shit. And it's it's looking really, really good now. It's looking very good now. Probably the best that it's ever been. Now, part of me fears that they might call her up so she could just be with Ricochet on the road. I, I don't know. I, I just have a strange feeling in my gut that WWE might do something like that. Just being honest. Oh, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about good old Monday Night Raw. And as I'm looking at the poll results, this is what we got. 32 votes, 34% thumbs up, 66% thumbs down. Disappointment for the go-home show, ladies and gentlemen. Disappointment for the go-home show. The Architects of Pain opened the show, and the self-proclaimed Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, said that without the fans, there would be no Monday Night Messiah, and he thanked the fans for believing in him, and he's in their depth. He embraces Buddy Murphy, who, by the by the way, Buddy Murphy in a black suit and top in a black suit looks badass. It looks he looks like a fucking beast. And even though Seth Rollins saying that we're trying to find ways to complain, I'm sorry, Mr. Seth Rollins. Do you not like having people speak logic? No, I'm sorry. Like you're doing good in your heel role, your heel role, but do, what else do you want me to say? Like, I nitpick because I know there's something wrong, you know? I'm just being honest with you, bruh. So they showed a recap of what happened last week. They had Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens coming out, and they're looking for a fight, and they bring out the Viking Raiders, and we had this brawl, and that was it. It was alright for what it was. I'm not gonna shit all over it, but it was alright. So, we had the U.S. Championship ladder match which I thought was brutal as fuck between Rey Mysterio and Andrade. And it wasn't about doing high spots or doing the oohs and the ahs in the ladder match. It's about going out there fighting for that title that is hanging that is hanging right there. And they made that match feel important. And I got to give props to both Rey and Andrade. They work well together. The Hamalock DDT spot. I, I can't get over that. That that was brutal as fuck. But Andrade, he retained the he retained his title here. Really really good match. And Zelina wanted him to hit the Hamalock DDT on the exposed floor. He was about to do it, but he sees this masked figure, and it's Humberto Carrillo. And I don't think he had a really good reaction. Like it was just, oh, it's Humberto or something like that. And so they brawled, and then... And that was pretty much it. Humberto saved Rey Mysterio. Okay. Alistair Black. His entrance took long, and his this match he had took about four seconds. This poor soul ran up to Alistair Black and hit... And he got hit with a black mask. It's like, 
it felt like a sniper just went straight to his face. Like, and it just, bam, knocked him dead right there. Alistair Black won in a matter of seconds. That match lasted in a matter of seconds while his entrance was long. Just saying. So we had Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. They are out, and it's pretty much the same promo from last week. Brock's entering at number one, blah, blah, blah. Nobody can step up to him, blah, blah, blah. So he was waiting on someone to step up to him. Out came, out came Ricochet. Out came Ricochet. You know, I like Ricochet. I really do. But the man has lost so much appeal since he arrived on the main roster. And I understand that they're trying to push him while Paul Heyman is trying to push him. It's not going to work. Vince is going to be tired of him. Ask Cedric Alexander. Ask good old Cedric Alexander. Yeah, isn't that right, Arrow? Isn't that right? (laughs) Now, Ricochet, he says that he's not afraid to step up against Brock Lesnar, and he challenges him to a fight. Ricochet said that Brock is scared of him, and Ricochet, he doesn't look like a superhero. He really looks like a loser, and I don't like using that term dustly, but that's the facts. He looks, he looked like a fucking loser. He gets low-blowed, and Brock says, I'm not scared of you. And that was pretty much it. Boring segment, a boring segment that accomplished absolutely nothing. Nothing. Moving on. Drew McIntyre and and Randy Orton, they had a good match. They, They worked pretty well together. And like I mentioned with Drew, when I was talking about him being himself, he is really getting over with the crowd. And... Sooner or later, I think he might be inching closer to winning the WWE Championship. And I hope that's the case because the man is fucking talented. He is absolutely talented. But this match ended in a disqualification. He won via DQ. The ref did not call for the bell when the OC came out and attacked him. And I was asking myself, why didn't the ref call for the DQ? Where's the bell? Like, am I... Am I the only one that's using common sense here? Am I the only one that's using common sense? No, I'm just being honest, you know? I'm just being honest. But they run off the OC. Orton, like the snake that he is, RKO's Drew McIntyre because it's every man for themselves in the Royal Rumble. So, um, I mean, this was good for what it was. I thought this was the only good thing about this show, Okay. I thought this was the only good thing that I really liked. Because Drew McIntyre is literally one of my favorites. Becky Lynch versus Kyrie Sane. Now, before the match, Becky Lynch cut a promo on Oscar saying that Oscar is doubting herself. And she talked about her... Like, she made a nice shot at the at her YouTube channel, which I love Oscar's YouTube channel. Connor John TV is awesome. Subscribe and be entertained by the awesomeness that is Oscar. Now, we got this match between Becky and Kyrie. I'm going to be honest, and I know there's going to be people, there were people who were saying, oh, she's not, she just doesn't care. It looks like Kyrie Sane doesn't care. It looks like blah, 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 blah. Here's my perspective, okay? The match lacked intensity, okay? Maybe it was because they want to take a precautionary measure to make sure Kyrie is 100% because they don't want to. Like, and I understand why they're doing this. They're, they're being precautious. You know, like they want to take... 
Like, they're trying to make sure that she's all right. They're, Becky, like, it, it felt, like, so weird. Because this match was just, eh. The crowd didn't really care that much about it. One of the highlights I like was Asuka literally standing on top the post. Like, sitting there like a fucking gargoyle. And the ref is not like, why aren't you down? It's like she's watching, it's like she's a sensei watching her student fight this battle. That's what, that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> and, and I could use that comparison, but Becky Lynch, she tapped out, like I'm using this in air quote, tapped out uh, Kyrie Sane. It didn't even look like a tap out. It looked like she just put her hand up like that, like just tapped the ring twice and that's it. But Asuka attacked her after the match and put her in the Asuka lock. <clears throat> Raw Tag Team ch- Championships. Now, don't get me wrong. The Viking Raiders versus Rollins and Buddy Murphy. It was good. I'm not going to shit on it because it was a good match. But what I will shit on is the convoluted over... Like, the most confusing booking decision that I have ever seen. Now, Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, they won the tag titles. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't AOP the tag a tag team that should be going after the Viking Raiders? Why put a makeshift team of Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins to beat the Viking Raiders? Why even have AOP to begin with? If you were going to win the fucking tag titles. This makes absolutely no sense. That is just the worst booking decision that I have ever seen. Why have... Why have AOP? Seriously. Why have AOP? Oh, just for the muscles? They could have been the ones to beat the fucking War Raiders. Why th- Why them? This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. No fucking sense. And I'm not the only one. And people agreed with me. People agreed with me because I know I'm not the only one that's speaking facts. They need to merge these fucking tag team divisions because the tag team division is god-awful. It is absolutely awful. Like, merge the tag team divisions, present a new title at WrestleMania, and crown the, like, the inaugural, um, fucking, like, unify the fucking titles into one. That's all. Have a tournament. And the the finals will take place at WrestleMania. Am I the only one that's making sense here? Please. Ah. Speaking of which... Remember when the Street Profits used to be cool back in NXT? How they were full of charisma and how the crowd was invested in them? What the fuck happened to the Street Profits? Seriously, what the fuck happened to the Street Profits? Why do you even call them up? I said the same thing about the War Raiders. Why did you call them up to begin with? Like, why are they doing SNL parodies? Why is the Street Profits doing fucking SNL parodies? They should be going out there and fucking wrestling. They they shouldn't be doing this SNL weekly update shit. The weekend update shit. I'm not I, if I want to watch the weekend update, I'll just watch SNL. Don't put this shit on a wrestling show. Like for crying out loud. That is absolutely wasting your talent right there. I want to see Montez Ford in the ring killing it. He's a tag team. So is Angelo Dawkins. Like Ah! Dude! 
damn it, I'm losing my mind here. Like, come on. Come on, man. I am, like, I'm trying to calm myself down, but, like, seriously, what in the actual fuck? Come on, man. You gotta do better than that. You got to do better than that. That is absolutely ridiculous. Eric Rowan versus Matt Hardy. Oh, my goodness, man. Like, all I'm going to say is Eric Rowan beat Matt Hardy. Vince does not value Matt Hardy. He does not value Matt Hardy. And now, speaking of Matt Hardy, he acknowledges that his days in WWE seem to be coming to an end. Following his latest appearance on Monday Night Raw, Matt Hardy took to Twitter to thank the fans as he was one of the top trending topics in the world after his loss to Eric Rowan. Hardy has been used as an enhancement talent in weeks for quick losses to wrestlers that are getting pushed higher up on the card. Hardy has reportedly been in talks with WWE about a new contract and they haven't been far on money, but the sticking point is that Hardy wants to be used better going forward, which you're not. At this weight, like at this rate it does not look like a push is in the cards for him and all signs point to him leaving the company on March 1st. And this is what he tweeted out. Wow, thanks for all the love and support from around the world. I'm trending number 17 worldwide because of my WWE slump and string of Raw TV losses. Hope you enjoyed my WWE TV appearances. At this rate, there won't be <clears throat> there won't be uh, many more. Just let him go. Let him go. You don't value him. Let him go. Like, for fuck's sakes. Like, let, let the bastard go. Let, where's my brokenness? I want him broken. I want him to delete me. Delete me, Matt Hardy. Please, delete me. Because I want, like, I need, I need to be a part of your broken universe, man. I really do. Bobby Lashley and Lana versus Rusev and Liv Morgan. The less said, the better. Bobby Lashley and Lana beat Rusev and Liv Morgan. Who the fuck cares? Let's move on. That's all I can say. Who the fuck cares? Why is this the main event? Oh, because it's the big story. Well, too bad. Because this story fucking sucks. Moving on. Moving on. Smackdown. Now, I managed to watch Smackdown after work, after I got off of work. So, I, looked, I did the poll results. And I'm about to pull it up right now. And <laughs> you, you're going to like this. You're going to like this. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 votes 30% thumbs up 70% thumbs down so I didn't miss a goddamn thing when I was at work I could have been watching NWA hard times I could have been watching that instead but just a quick thoughts on Smackdown we opened with something that WWE always starts with well Something that they should always do. A match to get people excited. So, the Usos and Roman Reigns, they defeated Baron Corbin, Bobby Roode, and Dolph Ziggler. It was an okay match, to be exact. Not gonna lie, but we've seen this shit like too many fucking times. But it was alright, I guess. We had Lacey Evans. She's interviewed by Michael Cole. And my goodness, man. Listening to her promos, like, you want me to feel sympathy for Lacey Evans? When she called us nasties, like, years ago. Like, a year ago. I'm not by... Like, I'm gonna say this again. I'm, I'm really honest when I say it. 
Lacey Evans is not ready for the top spot of the women's division. She is not ready. Like, she should have stayed in NXT to enhance her in-ring skills and her promos. When she's cutting a promo, to me, it sounds forced. But her in-ring skills, my God. Like, you expect me to believe that Lacey Evans is going to be a champion? <laughs> no. No. So what happened? They She brawls with Bailey. You had them brawling in the, in the back while... Kayla Braxton is interviewing Carmella and Dana Brooke. Then we had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Fire and Desire that lasted a matter of seconds. And while Bailey and Lacey are continuing to brawl, it like lasted about 12 fucking seconds. Like, what the fuck? Is this how you treat the women? Like, come on, man. Come on. You you gotta do better than that. You gotta do better than that. Now, we had Elias and Braun Strowman. They defeated Nakamura and Cesaro. Braun Strowman bores me to tears. Braun Strowman bores me to tears. And I don't know if they're doing the IC title match at the Royal Rumble, but, like, what's Braun Strowman going to do with the Intercontinental Championship? I'm just asking, because the dude bores me. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, you ain't doing shit with Nakamura with the IC title. Why even have it? Just saying. Why even have it? Now, we had John Morrison. He defeated Kofi Kingston. It was alright, I guess. It was alright. Like, you could tell by my voice, I don't even give a shit about SmackDown. I don't. Then we had the contract signing between Daniel Bryan and The Fiend, which, it was alright. It was alright. For what it was. But this show, I I, I don't care. I, I don't care. It's like... And here's this insult to me. When I was working, I saw SmackDown is going to be in New Orleans. And you know I'm probably going to go because I'm a stupid idiot. But I got to cover it on my podcast because why not? Why not? Because I think you guys like my live experience when I talk about it. So I might I might do it for you guys. Who knows? Who knows? I might do it for you. But it was, I, I, you could tell I don't care. <laughs> but I have I might do it anyway. Now let's talk about NXT, which I enjoy because NXT is always awesome. And the poll results, as of now, 85% thumbs up, 15% thumbs down. And like, which is a really good, good go-home show for Worlds Collide. So the show started off with the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic semifinals. We had the Grizzled Young Veterans versus the Undisputed Era. They, this was a good match. I would have given a great, I would have said great, but dumb syndrome, distracting syndrome, like, oh, let me pay attention to this team over here that is standing on the top of this podium or something like that while I'm in a Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic match when I could be in the finals. Now, Grizzle Young Vets, they are a really great tag team. If you haven't heard of them, please take the time to watch what they're capable of. Seriously, they are a really good tag team. But they won with Ticket to Mayhem. This was good, but the finish was really, really flat. Felt like Monday Night Raw. Have someone's music play in the background, and they just get distracted. That is the biggest cliche that I fucking hate in pro wrestling. I seriously hate that. Just don't come out to music. Even if they came out to music and they... Like, do with um Finn Balor and um Adam Cole did. Johnny Gargano came out to no music... 
is like Finn Balor looked at a ghost. Like, do something like that for fuck's sakes. But this felt Monday like Monday Night Raw. So that was a down right there. But it was a good match overall, but the finish was a down. Tony Storm ver- mm, Tony Storm versus Io Shirai. Oh, double heart attack, Io Shirai. Rematch of the 2018 May Young Classic. These two have good chemistry. I know it since stardom. And I know it here. I wish they could give them time. Hopefully, Tony Storm is uh, NXT prime for life after NXT UK. And I I really, really... Like, it was alright. I'll be honest. It was alright. But, of course, you pretty much shot yourself in the foot when you announced that match. You don't want Tony Storm to take an L because she's going to be in a match against Rhea Ripley on Saturday at Worlds Collide. You don't want Io Shirai to take a pin or a submission because right now she is the white hot. She's white hot. And I think th- I think the people in NXT are aware of that. You don't want Io to take a pinfall loss. They want to see this woman succeed. Now, Bianca Belair came out to cause the disqualification, which was smart booking in my eyes, but... This led to a brawl with Rhea Ripley. All four of these women, they were brawling. Tony Storm stood tall, and the crowd was actually booing Tony Storm when she held the uh, NXT Women's Championship. Hmm, that is interesting. Interesting. Now, before Finn Balor was in action, we got a really great promo from Ia Dragunov. Really enjoy Ia Dragunov. He is amazing. Can't wait to see his match against Finn Balor at Worlds Collide. So, <clears throat> so Finn Balor, he squashed Joaquin, Joaquin Wild. Uh, I feel bad for Joaquin Wild. I don't, like, I'm not going to say he's buried, because if he, like, I don't know if he pissed off somebody, but I don't know. He's probably doing shit with Evolve. Who knows? Because he was on the last Evolve show, taking on Leon Ruff. But, <clears throat> just throwing that out there. But poor Joaquin Wilde. And I love the line Finn Balor said before he hit the 1916. Because I tweeted this out. And it was one of the most badass lines he's ever said. If if I could find this tweet. Like, give me a second. Give me a second. Because I believe I could find it in a matter of seconds. And I, find, and I found it. You come at Finn. You better not miss. That was badass. <laughs> badass line right there. Shayna is interviewed and she said that Shotzi Blackheart ended her own career before it even began and said that she's not going anywhere. Yeah, short thing. So we get this match. Shotzi Blackheart is someone you need to look out for on NXT. I guarantee you, I'm telling you right now, she is going to be someone that I'm going to be eyeing on because they have big plans for Shotzi Blackheart on NXT for the women's division. We get a really nice takeover like esque video package between um, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. Their match will take place next week. I'm looking forward to that. We had the Broserweights taking on Imperium. Really good match. Probably the best match on that entire show. Um, And they advance to the final. So next week, it will be Grizzle Young Vets versus um, the Broserweights. Let's go Broserweights. And finally, we got the main event. We got the NXT North American title on the line, Keith Lee. He defeated, he defeated Roderick Strong, and the prophecy is coming to an end. It started with the NXT North American Championship and is rightfully deserved. Now the title is limitless. 
But I felt like that victory was taken away because they wanted to do that brawl. And Walter dropped the shit out of Adam Cole. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. I don't want to be chopped by um, Walter. But really good show of NXT because they're, they're consistent. And they never put on a bad show. Really, really good show. Now, before we hit the road... I think it's better to end the podcast off with predictions from for Worlds Collide and the Royal Rumble. So I'm going to do a separate recording. Hope you guys enjoy this prediction. And I'll see y'all next time. Peace out. Peace. Worlds Collide takes place at the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. And we have, let's see, one six matches on the show. One of them being a pre-show match. Pretty much is NXT versus NXT UK. So, I mean, we're not getting a takeover. Usually we get a takeover before the Royal Rumble. But they decided not to do a takeover because maybe Vince McMahon doesn't want NXT to be overshadowed by um, the Royal Rumble. Um, just throwing that little logic out there. Just, just, I think that's part of the reason why. Mostly, most likely, that's one of the reasons. But we have six matches on the card, and I'm gonna go through my predictions, give my thoughts about the match, and who I think is gonna win. So, we'll start off with the pre-show match. It will be Mia Yim taking on Kaylee Ray. Now, no, it's not for the NXT UK Women's Championship. Now, this match I believe had some history. And it started at War Games. Kaylee Ray came out and uh, helped Io Shirai um, get the uh, advantage for the uh, War Games match for the women. And I expect this to be an okay match. Like, if they go guns blazing, I'm, I will be on board with it. But if I have to stick with my prediction, I'm going with Kaylee Ray here. I think Kaylee Ray's going to win. I love Mia Yim. I. I think her best performance was against Io Shirai. And, uh, <clears throat> like, I think Kaylee Ray is just really talented. Same as Mia Yim, but I don't think she's going to beat the NXT UK Women's Champion. I'm going with uh, Kaylee Ray here. KLR for short. I think she's going to beat uh, the HBI C, Head Batty in Charge. DIY versus Mustache Mountain. <sighs> oh my goodness, I can't wait for this match. I cannot wait for this match. These two teams are going to tear the fucking house down. I guarantee that that is going to be the best match on the entire card. Now, as for who I think is going to win this, I'm going with DIY here. I think they're going to... Pick up the win here because you got Ciampa. He's going to be dealing with Adam Cole. And you got Gargano who's dealing with Finn Balor. But you never know what they might do. But I think DIY is going to pick up the win. One more, one more for old time's sake. <laughs> Just to hear that DIY theme because that is still one of my favorite themes right now. We have a fatal four-way for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match. We got Angel Garza defending his title against Isaiah Swerve Scott, who won in a triple threat match against to earn that shot against um, Tyler Breeze and Leo Rush. Really great match. Take the chance to watch it. We have Jordan Devlin, who earned his shot by beating 
Legaro, and Travis Travis Banks, who earned his shot by beating D. Brian Kendrick on NXT UK. This would be great. I think all four of these guys are going to go all out. I think they're going to tear the house down. And I'm sticking with my prediction. I'm going with Angel Garza here. He's not dropping that title anytime soon. He just won it from Leo Rush. Like, who? Like I really see... Like, if you want to ask who's going to take the title off of Angel Garza, I can see Isaiah Swerve Scott being the one. But hey, you never know. <clears throat> you never know. But Angel Garza, he's retaining the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Finn Balor... Finn Balor, Prince Finn Balor versus Ia Dragunov. Ia Dragunov had an amazing performance against Cesaro in Cardiff. And I guarantee he's going to have an amazing performance against Finn Balor. But he's not beating Finn Balor. I mean, Prince Finn Balor is so amazing in NXT. It took Vince three years to understand this. And it just took a matter of months for Triple H to say, let's just turn him heel because he... (laughs) It's going to be the best direction for him. But Finn Balor, he's beating uh, Ia Dragunov, and I think he's going to have a really great performance. And people are going to get are going to start talking about Ia Dragunov maybe getting a shot at the NXT Championship. The UK Championship, no less. That's what I see. So Finn Balor, I think he's going to win. Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. Tony Storm. Mm, mm, mm. But this should be good. They have history. Blackpool. Uh, Rhea Ripley beat um, Tony Storm to become the inaugural NXT UK Women's Champion. Only for her to drop the title to Tony Storm at uh, Blackpool. The first Blackpool takeover. And a really good match. And I think this is going to be... Like, it's going to be a repeat of what they did, but the roles are going to be in reverse this time. Rhea Ripley is going to get the one up on uh, Tony Storm. I think she's going to retain here because she's going to be set for her match against Bianca Belair at, um, at NXT TakeOver Portland. So, expect Rhea to not lose this match here. Finally, we got Imperium versus the Undisputed Era. I am going with Imperium here, and the reason I'm saying this is because the cracks, like, it's not like they're going to be, it's not like Undisputed Era is going to break up. If that was the main, if that was Raw and SmackDown, they would have broken up altogether. But I see the Undisputed Eras starting with um, the Prophecy, The like I mentioned, Roddy, he lost the North American title, and it's going to be a downward spiral even more when they lose to Imperium, and then Riley and O'Fish, they're going to lose to the winner of the Dusty Tag Team Classic, which my pick is still the Broserweights, and then Adam Cole would be the last nail in the coffin right there. And the prophecy of them having gold, well, pretty much ended, but them goldless is going to happen this year. (laughs) It's going to happen, but Imperium is going to get the win. So... That's my prediction for Worlds Collide. I think this should be a good show. But now, let's talk about the Royal Rumble. Give me a countdown, please. Five, four, three, two, 
the 2020 Royal Rumble, the road, the beginning of the road to WrestleMania, takes place again in Houston, Texas, at the Minute Maid Park, and construction's already started, by the way. And judging by this, we got eight matches in total as of this recording. I don't know if they're gonna add another match at this point, nor do I care. But I mean, the build has been eh, just. Eh. That's all I could say, but there are some good matches that got some decent build, and you you'll know what I talk you know what I'm gonna talk about. Starting now, we're gonna start off with two matches that I honestly think are gonna most definitely be moved to the pre-show or the kickoff show. Oh, I can't say pre-show because Vince McMahon thinks pre-show is a bad word. Aw, I'm sorry. Anyway, starting with sh- nope, I refuse to call him that. It's Chad Gable, not Shorty G. It's Chad Gable versus Sheamus. Like, like seriously, who the fuck names someone Shorty G? Give me a fucking break, bro. Sheamus is going to win. End of story. Like, he just came back. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Of course, of course Sheamus is going to win. Moving on. Another match that I think might be moved to the pre-show... Andrade defending his United States Championship against Humberto Carrillo. I am going with um, Andrade to retain. More than likely, they might <clears throat> they might save the um, Humberto winning the title at WrestleMania. I, like I don't know. I, like I know WWE might be keen to do something like that. Just hold off on on it till like WrestleMania. I, I don't know. We're just gonna have to wait and see. The main card, what I think, what I know is going to be the, on the main card. Roman Reigns versus King Corbin in a Falls Count Anywhere match. I mean, you would be a fool if you don't pick Roman Reigns. I'm going with Roman. That's it. Roman. End of story. End of story. He's going to be King Corbin. King Corbin is bland. Like, that's all I can say. He's bland as a paper bag. Moving on. <clears throat> Becky Lynch defending her Raw Women's title against Asuka. I, I'm enjoy, I'm going to look forward to this match. I think these two have amazing chemistry. Like, this is a one-year anniversary. And I would not be surprised if they start the show. Be like, huh, deja vu. This time, the roles are in reverse. <laughs> but I love how they built up this storyline between Becky Lynch and Asuka. And as much as I want to see Asuka become Asuka Two Belts, which... It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm going with Becky Lynch here. And she's going to move on to a bigger challenger. And I'll explain who it is later. But Becky Lynch, she's going to retain. I don't see Asuka uh, beating Becky Lynch. But but this their chemistry is amazing. Their chemistry is absolutely amazing. But Becky is winning here. Bailey defends her SmackDown Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. I would rather watch paint dry than watch this match. I don't care. I don't care about this match. And this may be unpopular to you guys. I don't know if you like Lacey Evans as much as as much, but she is not ready to be in a top position. They rushed her to the main roster too soon. You put her in this program with Becky Lynch last year, which was just the nail on the coffin for me because you'd know she was green as grass. And you had um, freaking 
And now you had her turn face without giving me an explanation on why she turned face. No ex- And I'm still waiting for an explanation. Give me a reason why I should cheer for Lacey Evans. But I'm just not enjoying Lacey Evans as a baby face. It's, it, it's, it's so forced. Bailey, her heel run is okay, but it could be better. It could be better, but that's all I can say. But Bailey here, I think she's going to retain here. She ain't dropping that title to Lacey Evans. She's not. She's not dropping that title. We have <clears throat> The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, defending his Universal title against Daniel Bryan in a strap match. So, this should be good. This is another match I'm looking forward to. They had a good match at Survivor Series. They're probably going to have a good match with this stipulation. I am going with The Fiend here. I think he's going to win and retain. He ain't dropping that title anytime soon. He's probably going to drop it at WrestleMania. This Just throwing that out there. We, we know it's going to happen. We got a 30 women's we got a 30 uh women uh Royal Rumble match for the for the women's championship match at WrestleMania 36 of their choosing. As of now the participants, the competitors that are announced is Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Sarah Logan, Natalia, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Sonya Deville, and Mandy Rose. That's 9. 9. They, they, they got to do a better job than that, man. But for the Royal Rumble predictions, here's how we'll do it. Well, here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick three. The main winner, the runner-up, and the wild card. So this is who I got. My wild card is Kyrie Sane. Now, that's an interesting pick because WrestleMania 36 is a pirate theme, even though she's not in her pirate persona. My second pick is Ronda Rousey, if she returns, that's a, that's a big if, if not Charlotte Flair, but I don't want to see Charlotte Flair win this uh, Royal Rumble, I don't, she doesn't deserve to be in a main event, like she doesn't need another title, a title just to add to her resume, only for her to drop it in the end, so Ronda Rousey's my second pick, my main pick is Shayna Baszler, she's my pick to win it all. Because, like I mentioned, there's nothing else for her. Like I mentioned this time and time again. There's nothing else for Shayna Baszler to do on NXT. And she's going to get demoted to the main roster. Go to Monday Night Raw. Challenge Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania. It's going to happen. So, I think Becky versus Shayna is the right WrestleMania card. Is the right match for WrestleMania. So, you know, I think that's, that's a good idea. It's a good idea. I think that makes sense. Then we get the men's Royal Rumble match. So, the men that are participating, 27 of the, of the 30 are Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, who is internet number one, AJ Styles, Eric Rowan, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Rikakets, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Elias, King Corbin, Dolph Ziggler, Otis, Tucker, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy, Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Kofi Kingston, Big E, R-Truth, John Morrison, and The Miz. Now, who are the surprises if there's three spots left? I don't know. 
I could see Edge making a surprise appearance. I, I don't know. Like, you never know what they might do in WWE. But <clears throat> if I had to pick three, these would be my picks. Roman Reigns is my main pick because WWE's most definitely going to push Roman Reigns again and have him beat The Fiend at WrestleMania. Uh, my second pick is Drew McIntyre. He needs this win more than anybody because Drew McIntyre is white hot. And I think he's going to be the one to eliminate Brock Lesnar. I can see that. Uh, another pick, like, I would say um, my wild card. I, I hope to God they don't have Cain Velasquez because if he eliminates Brock Lesnar and this is the match for WrestleMania, you're just giving me a reason not to give a shit about it. I'm just being honest. I'm being honest with you. I would care less if Cain Velasquez enters the Rumble and eliminates Brock Lesnar. No one wants to see that. I could my my third pick. I mean, I want to say someone from NXT. Like it could be Matt Riddle. It could be somebody. Like I could see. Like yeah, my third pick is Matt Riddle. I think it will make sense if Matt Riddle tosses out Brock Lesnar or he wins the entire thing. Well, who knows? You never know. Or they might have Keith Lee do it, who just won the North American title. But I don't know if there's any other match that they're going to add. They might do the IC title, which is not even on the fucking card. But that's my predictions. Hope you guys enjoy. Have a great day. Peace.